So you qualify. It's a celebration. Let's go. Live long enough now. Stop being greedy. Let's keep it real, pot. Give to the need. Rest in peace to a legend. A motherfucking legend. Everybody wants to hurt what? Paranoid. So I strike out at whatever. Closest thing to me is gonna get it, but never. Will I? Kill I? Think death is wrong. So I'ma keep holding on to what's left is gone. Let's go. I might have to let this ride the whole time, you might man. Need to. Four more. Now all this is liquid. I've been eating long enough now. Stop being weak. Let's go. The gems and juice. Don't make me wait. Fuck around and I'm gonna bite you. Snatch the plate. I thank the Lord every day that I'm blessed with the gift. That's what the this. Don't touch that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Leave it alone. Fuck you said that. Leave it alone. Yeah. Dogs fight. Dogs like scratch. Shake the hole all night. So when you hit it, start running. Cause when you hit it, I'm coming. But I don't like dogs, so I stay to myself. Keep focused with this rap shit and pray for the wealth. Come on. The money. Give me the honeys with big asses. Most sweat the champagne you got in big glasses. I'm broke, so I'm a bashes. Head wide open. Begging me to stop with a DC thigh. Rest in peace. I'm hyped now, man. Let's go, man. Uh, that brought that that honestly brought me up, man. That whole album is just uplifting. It's dark and hell is hot. Just it an is. uplifting album, man. It is. This is it's funny because um when this album came out, I you know, I was a kid, so I couldn't buy the CD or anything. Yeah. I actually got this CD from the library. Oh wow! Yeah, this is like back. the school library or the no, public one. The public library. Oh, okay. So we used to chill at the um, library all the time, and they had CDs. So I got this one. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So that's this was my introduction to DMS, pretty much. Dog, our library only had like corny ass jazz and, and easy listening. We ain't had no rap albums. That's crazy. This one was kind of newer at the time. Oh, okay. So that's that's how I ended up getting. I, I was like one of the first ones to get it. But um, renting, uh, I guess borrowing the CD. I guess that's how you put it. Or yeah. getting a CD from the library, you could only keep it for like a week. Yeah, it wasn't like a book where you could keep it for months. So I had this shit for for a week, pretty much. Oh wow. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. And everybody got childhood, especially people our age got childhood DMX memories, man. When we first came out on the scene in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, really nothing we heard since then or ever since. Yeah. Uh, electric personality, man. And of course, if you're listening now, you, you've already heard the news. Sadly, DMX has passed away at the age of 50. Earl Simmons, Dark Man X is no longer with us. Uh, so I, let's just jump right into that, man. You know what this is. The Jay Prince introduced the podcast real quick. 
the gems and juice. Y'all know what it is, man. This is a celebration of his life. Um, we're gonna talk a whole lot about DMX. We got a whole lot to talk about, actually. It's been a been a busy week. Um, some fun topics too, but we gotta break this down first, man, because of course, hip hop legend, rap legend, just a legendary person in general. DMX. Is. This is somebody. Every time somebody passed away, we always say, "Man, wish we could have gave them their flowers." Yeah, I felt like he'd been getting his flowers a lot throughout his career. Is because it, his career was kind of shorter than we would have thought, but I, I feel like I feel like we always, no matter what, we always try to lift him up, saying, "Oh, he in the studio. It's in the studio. Oh shit, we always hyped him up, no matter what." So I, I I think we definitely gave him his fly. We definitely could have gave him more, but I think as a recent that versus, I think he got a lot of love after that, and a lot of people because I kind of went in like, man, I don't understand this matchup yeah. at all. I thought Snoop was going to win by a lot, but I came out after that like, damn, I forgot about all these songs he had. So that's somebody I, I feel like we really gave him his flowers and we just wanted him to win. We knew what he went through and we wanted him to win. Yeah, he was definitely one of those rare types where you rarely heard anything bad about him. You know, people it, there were there were some people making some corny, distasteful jokes, but they all got shut down on Twitter. You know, nobody nobody played with DMX, man. And as far as him getting his flowers, I mean, at one point he was, I think, without a doubt, the the biggest rapper in the world in in, in the early the late nineties to two thousands. And he was in the era with Giants. You know, he was the yeah. biggest act on Def Jam, which was loaded. They had Jay on there, man. Yeah, a lot of and people was, Jay. A lot of people were saying he might be better than Jay Z. During yes. the Jay Z hype. Yes. So, so that's a lot. Jay Jay definitely feared DMX. I don't care what he says, man. Jay definitely feared DMX during his peak in, in the Def Jam years, man. Because DMX was was out of this world, man. His personality, his albums dropping hit after hit, classic after classic. He was tough to keep up with. And uh, yes, unfortunately, you know, I'm sure y'all been following the news. Uh, he he had battled addiction his whole life. Um, he apparently had a relapse episode, reportedly a drug overdose late last week. Actually, early Saturday, I believe we we found out the news, and he was in a, uh, a coma, a vegetative state for about a week. Uh, no brain activity. It was looking bleak. And this is one of those cases where I was hoping, like, please TMZ be wrong again. Yeah, because they were wrong about Rick Ross. They were mm -hmm. wrong about uh, Lil Wayne talking about how they were basically almost dead in the ICU. Then they come out the next week and they're fine. So I was like, please let this be like a misreported thing. Please let it be somebody got some bad info and sold it to TMZ and they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, more outlets started reporting it and the prognosis did not look good. Yeah, um, It was really only a matter of time, I think, until they would officially announce his passing. And it happened today. It happened, uh, well, the, whenever you listen to this podcast, on the date podcast, but it happened on April 9th, 2021. Uh, sadly, DMX passed away at the age of 50. Um, so, so talk, 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 let's just talk about his life real quick, man. Yeah. I don't want, want to dwell on the dark days because we all know what that was. But uh, what was your reaction? Number one, like, how did you discover DMX? And and what, what was your general reaction to finding this news out in the last week about uh, his health? 
when DMX, when I got hip to DMX, he was um, this was during the Rough Ride the Rough Rider days. So you know the uh, Rough Riders anthem. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you know, mind you, I'm in middle school, and as a kid, I'm like, damn, this shit was hard. It was a real anthem, and we were everyone was obsessed with the video. Just how you had the dogs in the video, and you had Eve in the video. It it was it was it was a different type of sound to me. I kind of compare this to when Juvenile dropped, huh? Where it was it was a different type of sound. It it, it wasn't the typical way a rapper would rap. Yeah, and um, it was super catchy. It was it was real catchy. And from that point on, I'm like, damn, this shit hard. This shit hard. So um, I, I told you about the me getting the CD from the library. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, how the new my reaction to the news it was it it really it, it really stung because we all know what X went through his whole entire life since he was 14, and and he been fighting this addiction all his life. Let, let's be real. Even you you could say it, it was. Whenever he's out of um, rehab, we will always be like, "Damn, he looked good. Mm-hmm. He looked good." Like it's it's just good to see him in a different space. But um, I, I said this a couple weeks ago: addiction is real, man. Like no matter what type of addiction it is, it's it's real, and it's hard to just get rid of an a, a addiction like that. And unfortunately, he had them demons um, that was following him, man. But this one, this I know we always say this whenever somebody passing hip hop, but this one really hurt because uh, everyone was rooting for DMX. I'm trying to think now. I, I don't. I don't even know nobody that was really beefing with DMX, but everyone was really rooting for this dude, no matter what it was. We we all knew his problems, but we we were everyone was rooting for this dude, and it it hurt, man. It it, it really hurt. Yeah, it definitely did, man. Um, Going back to my history with DMX, I I remember vividly, and usually there's a lot of things I don't really remember. Like, I don't remember the first time I heard Jay-Z, and he's my favorite rapper. I don't remember the first time I heard him because, honestly, I didn't really appreciate him and his songs and lyricism until later in life. Uh, So there's a lot of things I don't remember the first time I heard, but I do vividly remember the first time I heard Rough Riders Anthem, man. Yeah. Because I was addicted. That song was so crazy to me, man. Like, the beat was so hype. I'm not even a Swiss Beats fan, really. I think he's honestly a pretty overrated producer. But something about that beat and something about DMX's flow and his aggression, like, it reminded me of something very Tupac-ish. You know, like, it was definitely not by any means a lyrical song. But it just gets you pumped, man. It's a great workout. No matter what kind of workout you're doing, you lifting weights, you sprinting. This song going to get you going, man. It's going to get you through the last rep. This song age well, too. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. This was something new back then yeah. in 98, man. Mm-hmm. We had never seen a video so gutter looking before. Yeah. Niggas on bicycles and ATVs yeah. doing crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And we ain't never, we hadn't seen nothing like that this time, man. 
Yeah. It, it was a cult, real cultural shift when this video and song dropped. It was. And this was, and even as kids, we were like, oh shit. Like when this song come on, everybody knew the hook. Yes. That stop, drop, <laughs> shut them down, open up shop. Yes. Whoa. It, like it was crazy, man. Probably the, the, of all the breakout singles for a new artist, this had to be like the hardest and most. I can't think of one that compares. Yeah. You know, like there have been like, I guess Snoop with his uh, song with Dr. Dre, nothing but a G thing and all that shit. Uh, like they, 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 there, are vid- there are rappers that came out hard. But mm-hmm. this one, and it, this, keep in mind, we had no idea who this man was. Yeah. That, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were on our screwed up uh, DJ screw type shit. But yeah. this resonated everywhere, man. Like mm-hmm. the South, North, East, West, every coast. This shit bumped really hard, man. Yeah. Oh, you think it's funny? Then you, you don't, don't owe me money. money. It's about to get ugly. Then my dog, I'm hungry. I guess you know what that means. Come up off that dream. Five niggas on my feet. Just the way he rapping, man. <laughs> like, nobody was really yes. rapping like this. So it's... And he'll find his way home. Home of the brave. My home is the king. Let's go. And yo, I'm a slave to my, my home. Is the brave. I'm a poor paper. It's all about the papers. Bitches caught the papers in Man, that's still like it still gets to you, man. It, it, no matter what, people gonna play this song 30, 40, 50 years from now, and it's still gonna mm-hmm. get the crowd hype, man. Yeah. No matter what happens. So yeah, and he came out the gate with that, man. It's yeah. it's one thing to have that be like your second or third or fourth or fifth single. Mm-hmm. He came out the gate making an impact on the world man yeah do you think this was his greatest single uh, I'm I'm like, not, I'm, i I won't say biggest because obviously as he as yeah. the years went on he had bigger songs but was this his best single see i like a lot of his sing like slip into me is one of the best songs like emotional songs ever made mm-hmm. i put that right up there with dear mama like dear mama and slipping are one and two and yeah. the emotional rap songs, man. I like slipping a lot. I like who we be a lot. I, I, I like a lot of the singles, man. It's hard for me to pick one. Yeah. I like Stop Being Greedy, of course. We played that at the top. It's hard to say, but I do love Rough Riders Anthem, man. Yeah. That's tough. Th- this is a song that you can play anytime. It's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And he came out after this. He dropped Get At Me, Dog. That was a crazy video, too. Mm-hmm. Like, DMX was something. He was he was something that could not be. And this was a, a time when a lot of people were trying to be Pac. A lot of yeah. people were trying to be. Even Master P was rapping like he was Tupac, man. Like, a lot. There was a lot of swagger jacking going on. People were trying to sound like Nas in, in New York. And there was a lot of swagger jacking on. And DMX came on the scene with his own style, like you said, nobody was rapping like this, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody was rapping like with that double time, angry, but yet calm at the same time type flow. Yeah. Like it, it that was and his voice is so unique. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main things about him. His voice is so unique. It was his real voice. Yes. <laughs> he talked like that in every single interview, man. Like that yeah. was his real voice. So there was nothing like him at the time. And 
and, and as as time went on, like he, of course, he got way bigger. I think some of the songs he's most popular for, I was never a huge fan of. It's a little little too corny for me, but I get why he did it, man. Yeah. Like that, you cross over, you make mm-hmm. the party songs. I get it, yeah. and it was still DMX, was still yeah. sounding good, but yeah. wasn't my cup of tea. But yeah, he like he we he, at one point I think he was definitely the biggest rapper in the world at one point, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's really when I heard the news, I was really like like you said, we saw him last year on the verses. He looked healthy and well. It was good to see, and I I still think looking back, and that's I'm not just saying this because DMX died. I honestly think that was the most fun verses yeah. of all of them so far. And there's been a lot of them now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, including one last week. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna talk about that in a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think as of right now, that was the best verses in in terms of energy. Two dudes who legends in the game just enjoying life, playing some classic music. Like that's what the verses should be, man. It shouldn't be no awkward energy going on, with no Gucci Jeezy type shit where there's mm-hmm. legit beef behind the scenes. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be fun and a celebration of music, and that's what that was. So that being the last time we saw him, I know we all thought he was on the up and up. You know, I really regret not seeing him live ever. Mm-hmm. That, that was a bucket list goal of mine. Yeah. Because he and that's another thing about him, too. He, he, I never heard any rapper who put more of himself into his music than DMX, probably. Yeah. Like you could tell he really like I heard his uh, his live performances. He would get out there and just say a prayer and start crying on stage, man. He would yeah. get super emotional at his own shows. And he was so, so all the time just turned up, man. Yeah. He re- he was really emotional about his lyrics and his music. You could tell he loved rap and he loved being an artist. And and that's, that's what sucks, man, because there was nobody like him and there'll mm-hmm. never be anything like that again. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the one unique thing too. He he will start everything off with a prayer or yes. end it with a prayer. Look at all the interviews. He will he will hold hands and pray. And you never would have thought somebody like DMX would do some some yeah. stuff like that. So if we if we had the chance to interview him, we would probably all pray yes. together. <laughs> and I would be okay with that. Yes. I, I would have no problem with that. But man, this is very very this this really put a dent in hip hop. It definitely did, man. And 50 is still too young to go. Sometimes I wonder if he even thought he would make it this far because he he was one of the rappers who he talked about death a lot. And in interviews, yeah. talk about death a lot. His music talked about death a lot. So part of me wonders, like, maybe we're fortunate to even have had him this long considering his struggles, but it still hurts to lose him, man. Yeah. And 50 is still young. Um, yeah. So especially in hip hop, because we we lose a lot of people at a young age yeah. and in the teens. So I, I I often sit and wonder, will we ever get to a point where a rapper die at the age of 72 or die natural causes at 80? Will we see a, a rapper get to the, the age of 80? But it, it seemed like rappers go very young now, man. Like well, I, I know, I know hip hop is still a a, a young uh, genre. Yeah. But will we see a rapper get to the age of seventy? <laughs> like a big one, at least, like one of yeah. the more mainstream ones. Yeah, I get I, you. I'm not talking about uh, you know uh, Nicole Crush and yeah, <laughs> Melly Mel and all them. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about Grandmaster Flash and nothing <laughs> like that. But rappers from the '90s who started in the '90s and became big stars, 
will we see them get to the age of 70 at some point? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Because we we often see, you know, uh, classic rock artists, you know, get up to the 80s and they're still performing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they unfortunately pass away. But I wonder if we will we ever get to that point where, damn, um, he was still, you know, still kicking at a point and he passed away at 75. I feel like Jay-Z going to live forever. Like, I feel <laughs> like he definitely, I was talking to my homeboy the other day. I feel like Jay-Z has, like, stem cells from babies imported. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like him and Beyonce going to somehow live to be, like, 90 or some shit, man. I don't see them ever dying anytime soon. They vegans. Yeah. I, I want to say they vegans or they go vegan they, sometimes. They they do, like, a meatless Monday or some shit like that or go a few days without meat. They were trying to push I, this shit on black people, too. I think they eat healthy. So yeah. they should be good. Yeah, but I, I definitely see them living for a long time. But certain ones, especially the ones who struggle with addiction, man, it's tough. And and, and I see a lot of things. I see people trying to place the blame on, uh, uh, and I've seen this on social media a lot lately, people, people blaming other people for what happened to DMX. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of us knows enough of his personal life to know, but I, I'm sure people have reached out, people reached out to him tried to get him straight and sober. He he yeah. went to rehab numerous times. So there's definitely people in his life who cared. I want to get your take on this though, because a lot of the the drink champs videos are coming up. Where he's sipping. Yes. What do you what do you think about that, man? Do you think Nora was a bad influence? Well, wait, before before I get to that, I do want to reply to what you just said about people blaming other people for his addiction. And um me, I have a, I have a sister who's, you know, she's on drugs and all that stuff, and we try to help her a bunch of times. It's hard to help somebody that don't want the help. Yeah, like when, when, just that you. I don't want to use this cliche. You could lead a horse to the water, but you can't make, can make a, a drink. drink. It's true, man. Yeah, you you can do everything. You could physically take them to rehab and keep them there. They will leave and go out and do the same thing. You, it, it's hard. It's hard to you know keep somebody away from addiction like that. It's it's all about him, and you know, like I said, I'm going. Through, I, I went through it with aunties. I went through it with all type of people. When they want to change, they will change, and at that point, you could go help them. But it, you can't just say, "Hey, take them to rehab." You, you know, you can't blame nobody like that because they got to want to do it. But um, now to get to the drink champs, I, I did see one of the clips and he was sipping. It looked like he was sip, sipping some brown, probably mm-hmm. some yen or something. I I cringed a little bit. I'm like, damn, because that was, that that interview was kind of recent. I want to say it was within a year. Yeah, this last year or the year before maybe, but it was yeah. pretty recent. I, I want to say was it after the versus? Let me look up it and might, see. It, I want to say it might have been after the verse. It, it, or a little before the verses, it was somewhere around that time. But okay, this was on a f- oh, this was this year, dog. This happened in February. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. See that that kind of make it tough to me because we, we all know what he went through, and if you watch that verses, he wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to say Snoop might have been sipping a little bit, but he was drinking the water. He purposely wanted the water. And that was a good sign to me because it's like, damn, he, you know, he trying to stay on that 
pad because it's easy to drink. And I thought that was a little sketchy setting up that versus and having the you know liquor and stuff. Yeah, and all, all the around. Spots, yeah, yeah. That's that's always a tough thing, especially with somebody going through addiction. And um, he he held on to his water. So when I seen that clip, I was just like, ooh, like he was he was sipping during that mm-hmm. time. So um, and that. I, I, I watched the camera <laughs> interview of that. Yes, me too. And uh, we probably talked about that a little bit, but um, they was like pressuring him to drink. And he was like, nah, nah, I'm cool. That, that, that's, I know, I know that's something people don't really think about, but you, it's, you can't really have somebody like that in that type of environment. And I I know they you know Nori and and DMS was probably cool before so they just came on the show type of thing but we don't really think about stuff like that bringing somebody in the environment where it's all type of demons and stuff like that so I I when I seen the clip I did cringe a little bit yeah it's tough and to go to your earlier point yeah I I that's basically my take too you know. Uh, I'm sure there were plenty of people in DMX's life, friends, family, who tried to get him straight, clean, straight and sober, told him how important he was to them and the entire world. But like you said, you got to want to help yourself. And at some point in people who dealt with people who would deal with addiction know this, like there's there's some point where you just got to be like, okay, I can't be a part of this anymore if you're going to keep sabotaging yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because at some point it's like, okay, if you don't want to help yourself, how am I, how, how do I look trying to help you when you won't do any of the work? Yeah. So I, I got my own life to live, man. Yeah. And you find yourself even, um, you find yourself helping him with his addiction. Exactly. You start giving him money and he go get whatever. So yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I'm, I'm dealing with it right now. Yeah. So I know exactly, I know exactly how it is as far as trying to help somebody get, get out of their addiction. And if they don't want to help, that kind of pushes you away because, exactly. you, you know, you, you're not about if you're not about that life, you ain't about to hang around that person mm-hmm. and you're not about to give them no money because you know that what they're about to do with that money. So I, I totally understand um, when it comes to addiction. So I, I, I you can't blame people and say, hey, this is your fault. Y'all got them like this. That we, we heard about the story when he was 14. Somebody mm-hmm. put cracking his weed or whatever and it's it's something he got to deal with he got of course he needs the support yeah but he got to want to change and he he tried to change mm-hmm. he he tried it he was in and out of rehab he you know he 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 tried but them demons are tough man they're really tough and all it takes is one thing sometimes too you have a really bad day mm-hmm. and then somebody like you maybe you're in a drink champs type environment Somebody yeah. hand you a blunt, you're like, well, fuck it, man. My day sucked. Might as well. It ain't yeah. gonna hurt nothing. And it's just a fucking it a landslide. A, all man. it takes is a bad day, man. Yeah. All uh, 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 overdue bill come in, yeah. or uh, your shit get repo, and, and, and addiction that can happen with anything, man. Yeah. My dad was, you know, he was addicted to nicotine, and uh, he was always he was always smoking cigarettes. And it was at one point where he quit. He was he quit for like two years, mm-hmm. and then he ended up going through something with my mom and all that, and he got back to smoking and started smoking even yep. more. So, 
Yeah, like it's, it's a lifelong battle, man. It's never yeah. something that's gonna be solved in a year or two. Yep. It's something you always gonna deal with. And I know we gotta have Fred Davis on too, because I know he's been multiple years sober now, but he used to have a drinking problem and he talks about this all the time too, you know, mm-hmm. the battle he had with yeah. uh giving that up and living a healthier lifestyle. It's something you all cause you never don't want to drink. Yeah. You know, if you were an alcoholic or you don't never want the drugs if you were a user. But it's something you got to fight with every day, man. It's yeah, something it, people got to understand. And, and people go to AA meetings for the rest of their lives. Exactly. When, when it comes to that type of stuff. It's not a thing where you could get cured. You That's that's like a long disease. That's a disease you can't get rid yeah. of. So it's going to be with you. Yeah. So you got people that go to AA meetings for forever, pretty much. That that If that's keeping them from drinking, you got to do that. Yep. Yep. It's, that's like a medicine for them. Basically, yeah, man. And to get to the drink champs part, yeah, dog, I got to say, because I did watch that uh, Cameron interview, too, and I did peep that, how he kept trying to push Cameron to drink. Yeah. And then, like, he was, he, like, p- damn near high school level peer pressure, man. Yeah. And Cameron is not a, I, I think he quit drinking a minute ago yeah. because um, at one point in his career, it was I think he was drinking a lot and then messed up. It. He had health problems. So I think he quit drinking like that mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it was high school level like come on man come on yeah. man yeah it's like he had a whole game circled around making the guests drink yeah either you say something or you gotta take two shots and it's like yeah. man you don't understand this ain't drink this ain't water chance this yeah drink. like, that, like you, no just because nori alcoholic don't mean all your guests gotta be too man yeah and he 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 is kind of a scumbag, dog. I got to say, after watching that interview and then seeing what he was doing with GMX, I understand these liquor sponsor your show, but when you have somebody a recovering addict, put some fruit around, man. You could have yeah. the logos in the background, have them on a video, whatever. Put some fruit, man. Put some healthy stuff. Let people know that, look, it's the mm-hmm. safe space to go if you're a recovering addict. It's not. Yeah. But Nori don't give a fuck, man. He want everybody to be as fucked up as he is on his show, I feel. Yeah. And it's a bad look. It was a bad look for him. And I'm not blaming him for DMX's death, of course. I, I'm not going that far. But it was a bad look, man. And D, and, and mm-hmm. Nori got to grow up. He He's too old to be doing this high school peer pressure. You know, you take a shot, I take a shot. Let's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't do that. Just imagine if you had somebody like a Kurt Franklin on. Yeah. Are you going to keep pressuring him to drink? Yeah. Like some, some people, everybody don't drink. Everybody don't drink. And I, I have to realize that, too, because I. I don't drink a lot, but I sip. And it, whenever we do get together and do the podcast, if you don't want to drink, I can't sit here. Come on, man. Yes. Come on, man. Like, like you can't do. You don't know what people go through in life, so you can't pressure nobody to drink or smoke or stuff like that. That's kind of inconsiderate. And I, I, I legit and he know his past too. Yes. So that was yeah. That was that was a bad look to me. And I legit believe, and this is a sidebar I know, but I legit believe the show would be a lot better if Nori didn't drink every single episode. Because you could tell this nigga too drunk on the yeah. show, man. He be slurring his words. He be rambling about nothing. Like, I- I'm not saying doing a podcast is hard, but you got to be focused. You yeah. got to ask good questions. I, we were lucky we had Cameron on there who was sober and focused and actually gave some good answers and told Nori to shut up while he finished his story yeah. because Nori will talk over you and, mm-hmm. and just ramble on and on with his drunk rants about yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. So luckily somebody like Cameron can stop that. But yeah, it's a bad look for that show, man. I'm not, I'm not a huge yeah. fan of drink champs because of that. 
And th- the other thing is, it's like who that that say a lot for you to drink all the time like that yes. doing a podcast. Because I, I would drink once in a while. I might crack over some wine or take a little shot or something. But I can't do that every single episode like that. That's to me, that's a problem to me. Yes. You getting fucked up like that every single episode. And I'm not sure how many times he do episodes. Maybe it's whenever you get a guest or something. But mm-hmm. just imagine doing a podcast twice a week and you getting fucked up twice a week like that on, on a regular Wednesday. <laughs> and it's just like, damn, like, oh, like that's that's too much drinking, man. It 100 percent is, man. And I feel like that that shit, the format needs to change or or do something different when people who are struggling in the past get on. But it, it, that, that that's all the yeah. sidebar. Basically, we're, we're talking about DMX and his life. Um, so shit, man, I, I don't really have much else yeah. to say. How, how did um how did you feel about um? I guess so. Yesterday um, or the day before his death, um, a report came out pretty much saying he died. Yeah, and his manager came out saying, "No, that's not true." And you had a whole bunch of people arguing on social media saying you killing them and all, you killing them off and all this other stuff. I, I, I was kind of confused because I, with the reports, I already knew that time was coming. Yes. And I figured it was taking longer for the simple fact that the family was trying to figure out what to do next. And when you when you in a situation like that where your significant other or your family member is gone, and the, but the body, I guess the, the body is still there, technically mm-hmm. alive. They're trying to figure out arrangements and you know stuff like that. So I I. I just, I just don't get why people were so mad. People act like we we took a live dude, a, a yes. dude that was alive, and just killed him off. Yeah, that that kind of pissed me off too because I did notice that too. A lot of people getting mad like you guys are just in a race to kill him. I, I think it's different when there is a whole lot of misinformation. Like for example, when Kobe, uh, when when Kobe died. There was a lot of information going around, misinformation about Rick Fox being in the plane too, and all all this crazy shit that ended up not being true. Same thing with like the Lil Wayne and some of these reports were exaggerated where they're acting like they were damn near dead and it wasn't that bad. I think Rick Ross had plastic surgery or something, but they were acting like he was really sick and damn near death. Yeah. But uh, this was a case where if the reports were to be believed, it was only going to be a matter of time before they announce his death. When somebody's been brain dead like that, that's that's it. Yeah, I think people were in denial. People yeah. were hoping for a miracle. People thought he might somehow miraculously recover. But honestly, I knew once I heard that he was brain dead in a vegetative state, I was like, OK, any day now we're going to get the official news. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the family's just saying their goodbyes, yep. thinking about what to do. But it, it was over. We really knew this when it first was reported that he was in a coma and brain dead. Yeah. And I, I kind of understand why some people was a little upset because it's like, damn, wait, wait to the official report come out. But I think it was I think it already happened, to be honest. And it, I guess the family didn't want that out yet. Yeah. I, I, I want to say Lunell, the comedian. Yeah. I think she posted something on the story. And uh, I, 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 my person, my, um, I guess, conspiracy, I guess, or uh, theory, 
I felt like it happened already. He, I, I felt like he already died, but it got out somehow, and it just spread it like wildfire. But they had to come out and say, "Hey, nah, this it, not yet" type of thing, because he died right after. He, yeah, I want to. It was some hours or the next day he passed. So, yeah, I, yeah, people I, like I get it, I guess, but I think we was just. I was waiting on that day. Already, I knew it wasn't good, and it was just it was just a matter of time. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. Side sidebar about because you <laughs> mentioned Lunell. Side sidebar with podcast trivia, man. Uh, one of my homeboys, the dude uh, name is William Batson. He was a dude who posted that tweet about the Rock. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a big fan of. Yeah, that dude. He's my homeboy. He's actually cousins with Lunell. Oh really? Yes. Dang, that's that's funny because I actually um, tried to reach out to her to see to get her on the podcast. Yeah. Because um, shout shout out to my dude um, from Cleveland. He he do a lot of uh, his own media stuff. Brandon Carter. Okay. He did an interview with her on. I want to say it was on Instagram Live, and the interview went awful, man. <laughs> she was she did not like it. Yes. It it, it was he he was rough. He was kind of down on himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess he was a little. Sh- a little shy, but the interview went pretty bad, and she ended up messaging him saying this was one of her worst interviews she ever been a part of, and blah blah blah. And she pretty much blocked him. Nah, she kind of a bitch, man. That lines up because he has a story about her too, because he's not real close with her. But apparently, there was some kind of family get together where they were having a big old get together with the family. And Lunell was there. I think she was hosting the thing, and she invited everybody else. It was a fancy restaurant. But they announced, I think, when they got there, it's like, oh, you got to pay for your own plate. Oh, like damn. you got nobody. Like Lunell ain't treating everybody. No, you got to pay for your own. Oh, and it shit. was an expensive, fancy restaurant. Oh, so damn. my my homeboy just stood, sat there and didn't eat anything. Damn. And they left after like an hour. Damn. But he was pissed about that because, like, man, you you Hollywood, you making it, taking yeah. the family out to this fancy restaurant. No, we can't afford this shit. Yeah, and and she ain't pay for none of it, man. So, damn, he, I think he's still a little salty about that. He can't watch her movies because he's so <laughs> mad about it. I'm like, man, I can't blame you. Was that, she was she in coming to America too? I uh, no. I I think I think she. I don't remember seeing her in it, but um. In that interview, I watched it, and um, he mentioned that, and she was saying, yeah, we found... Oh, wait, no, she was. It's saying she was. I don't remember seeing her, though. I I don't remember seeing her either. I remember she was in the Dolomite Dolomite movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, she mentioned that, but... um, Yeah, I listened to the interview. Again, shout-out to my dude, Brandon Carter. But um, she was, like... I I, I really don't follow her that much Mm -hmm. to um, watch her interviews, so I don't know how she is in real life, but... I'm like, damn. I'm like, dog, it, it was not your fault. Your question, <laughs> you could have worded, worded your question a little bit better, but she was being real difficult, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm like, don't worry. The interview was over once it started, man. You know you know, you had the yeah. interviews where once you get them on and you could tell they're not in the mood to be there, it seemed like it was one of those. Yeah. So she was she was real snotty. She, uh, he, I think he asked a question, like, how was it to – to record or do a movie during the pandemic and all this other stuff coming to America. How was that? And she, Oh, well we didn't do that during the pandemic. And she was just real. She was just real mean. 
she was um she was kind of dogging him because he didn't see the first coming to America because mm-hmm. he's a little younger, but he didn't see the first one. And I was just like, damn, like I, I was I couldn't even watch the whole interview, man. That's how crazy it was. But she pretty much said that was the worst interview. She ain't like she ain't like the way he was dressed and all this other shit. I'm like, damn. Yeah, man, and I, I that seems to be a recurring thing with comedians too. For some reason, comedians usually give the worst interviews. I've noticed. I know Joy Sewing, who is a fashion reporter for the Chronicle. Um, when I worked over there, I asked her because she interviewed a lot of people. She's plugged in, and I asked her what are, what was her worst experience working with a celebrity or, or worst interview and she said chris rock mm. she was like chris rock was a complete asshole he wouldn't answer like he didn't want to be there he ain't answer no questions like he, he you could tell he was just fed up and i remember at the station we had somebody on what was his name that uh hispanic dude from kingpin of harlem mm. i forget his name now i'm looking it up i can't fucking find it but Luis Guzman, that's right. Oh, oh yeah, yes. He played in a lot. He played in Narcos and all. Yes. He played like every uh, every, Mexican. every everything you need a fat, funny Latino character in, or drug dealer, <laughs> You're a drug dealer or something. Yeah, he'll be there. But that we had him on, and he was terrible too, man. Like he was on a morning show, and clearly did not want to be in, anywhere answering questions. So for some reason, I know we way off topic, but it it is weird because you would think comedians would always be the best interviews. A lot of times they're not, man. A lot of times they're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should take my invitation back from her. You you probably should, (laughs) man. I don't think it would end well. Yeah. she. I think she got a uh, diva uptight attitude. But anyway, we're talking about DMX, man. Um, Was there anything else storyline wise? that happened during this whole week that we missed. I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, yeah I think that was it. Rest in peace, DMX, man. Legend. Yeah. Gone way too soon. Definitely. Man. It, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever listen to Slipping again, man. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I was listening to it right before he uh, ended up in the hospital, too. That's the crazy part. But I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like, you could kind of relate to it a little bit. Now, I was just like, man, I can't even hear it. <laughs> Yeah, man, this is a tough month, too, because we're coming up to Prince's anniversary of his death, too. So, yeah, too many people gone too soon, man. It's it's sad. It's yeah. sad. We definitely needed him here. I always wanted to see him live. I'm upset I won't be able to now. But prayers to his family, of course. Shout out to his family. I know they're going through it right now. Um, all his fans everywhere. R.I.P. Earl Simmons, R.I.P. Darkman X, R.I.P. DMX. We miss you. And yeah, it sucks, man. 2021. Yeah. Some bullshit already. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's got to move. We got to persevere, man, because that's yeah. what DMX was all about. About persevering and living. So that's one good thing about his music. His music was always inspirational, man. Yeah. That's one thing about him that he really left a legacy. So even when you're mourning him, the music you play is going to inspire you mm-hmm. to get through it and keep going. So yep. that's always a good thing, man. Yeah. Uh, 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 I guess something to uh, look forward to yeah. in these tributes and memorials. Uh, so let, let's lighten the mood up, man. Let's lighten, let, let's lighten things up a little bit and talk about the, the latest versus battle. 
the <laughs> one we have been looking forward to. Figgy had his own special mix last yeah. week for it. <laughs> uh, the Earth, Wind, and Fire versus Isley Brothers. Uh, it did take place on Easter Sunday. Um, it was hosted by Steve Harvey. <laughs> Uh, luckily he was more silent on the second half. I heard, I missed the first half, but I heard he was talking a whole lot. He he started off <laughs> all the shit we was talking about. We ain't want him doing. He mentioned the 74. Oh man. Yeah. He, he, he addressed the haters, AKA us. He's like, Oh yeah. I, I heard a lot of people talking about yeah, why, I heard is that he, part. why is he doing that? And, <laughs> Yeah, he addressed everything. I don't like, oh my God, man. I don't I don't think I could watch this whole thing. <laughs> but um yeah, I do I think we were kind of right. I think I think he did have to be there to, you know, kind of steer the ship a little bit because mm-hmm. I ain't realize how old they were, man. Yeah. Especially Ron Isley. Because the last time we really seen Ron Isley this was in the two thousands. Yeah. During the uh, during the R. Kelly era. Side note, real quick. Side note, why are p- people was flipping out when they play um, when he played the Contagious song? Yeah, I noticed people, that. People, yeah, people, people was going crazy. And on top of why, are, I see a couple people blanking out R. Kelly name like it was a cuss word. Like, all right, like y'all taking it too damn far, man. Like what? Like what's the like is R. Kelly a cuss word now? We can, we're not allowed to say R. Kelly. Like why is you blanking the name out in a tweet? He got canceled, Ficky. Okay, like we, you can't listen to bro, his music. We say up, his name. We over here saying nigga all on Twitter. <laughs> we saying all type of crazy shit. But R. Kelly is where we draw the line. Where we gotta put the stars. <laughs> He's been canceled, Figgy. This is what happens. He no he no nothing he made was good. Suddenly. Like he, uh, yeah. he, he, he was just awful I, all around. Yeah, we're not allowed to say he made a good song. Nah, but, you got to blank it out, man. He's like Chris Benoit after WWE. <laughs> <laughs> like, they had to erase yeah, all his that, shit. That's another cuss word you can't mention. It 100% is. I was actually, I know we way out topic, man. We having fun today. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Chris Jericho's doing a podcast with uh, Stone Cold, and Stone Cold was talking about uh, it was a game where you got to name the name something as fast as you can. And Stone Cold said, most technical wrestlers. And you could tell Chris Jericho was struggling not to say Chris Benoit. He was like, uh, uh, Dean Malenko, uh, uh, like, nigga, you know, Chris Benoit was yeah. one of the best technical wrestlers ever. Same thing with R. Kelly, man. Yeah. You, you can be disgusted with what he did, but also, like, he wrote some of the greatest songs in R&B history, man. Yeah, he's a fucked up person, man. He's a piece of shit, and he don't deserve the light, the light of day. But he made some great songs, man. He, I hate I hate to say it, he, he made some great songs. Yeah, you should like a lot of people fucked up people did great things, man. Don't yeah. mean that don't take away from the fucked upness of the things they did. Yeah. But and I'm not out here at the concert and shit like that. Yeah. But he, he did have some great songs. He had a great run. Uh, he had a great uh R&B career. Yes. A lot of a lot of R&B people would love to have his R&B career. Yes. But he's still a piece of shit. <laughs> but anyway, I, I know I got way off. Nah, it's fine. It's fine, man. Because yeah, I did stupid. notice that. It's just stupid how people just blanking his name out like it was a cuss word. Or yeah. they'd be like, oh, yeah, that you know who. 
wrote that song and it's like all right it's r kelly man yes like god damn you're not going to hell for it <laughs> yeah but, I, I don't get it yeah but um anywho i i did see why they um had steve harvey hosting it because last time we seen ron isley was during the r, Ke- uh, r kelly era and um i was i was still thinking now that ron isley was gonna come walking out but when I seen him, I, I almost didn't recognize him, man. He had the gray beard. He it looked like he could barely talk at yeah. the time, and um, barely walk. So I'm just like, God damn, he 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 getting up there now. But um, I think it was right for Steve to at least be there to kind of steer the ship a little bit because they, if it was just them, it it, it would have been awful. That's true. Um, and, and yeah, I would have taken somebody besides Steve Harvey. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. He, he, I get uh, j- just from listening to him during that time. I guess he did have a real relationship with him. Yeah. So maybe they were really friends. So maybe, yeah. maybe that made sense. I, I don't. Try, I don't think. I don't. I don't think Nick Cannon or somebody like that would make. I would sense. have rather had Nick Cannon. It, probably it would have been better. <laughs> but I guess it. I guess it all ties in together. Yeah. So it made sense. Yeah, and I think they took the Twitter criticism because, like I said, on the second half, he wasn't talking nearly as much, really. He kind of toned it down. He even said, well, y'all say I talk too much on Twitter. Yeah. So we supposed to talk, though. So. Yeah. And then he, he called DJ Nice DJ Nice. Yeah. And like, all right, DJ Nice. I'm like, man, what is he doing, man? Oh, man. Uh, poor D-Nice. Uh, so how did you – what did you think about the verses overall, man? Because maybe maybe it was just me. I, it, it didn't really live up to my expectations. But to be fair, they are a little older. But what was your impression of the actual verses itself? I thought it was good. It, it, to me, I kind of went in thinking it was going to be okay. But I thought it was really, really good, man. It was good to see them still living, still talking, and how, how cool they were and just playing all these all this classic music. And uh, it's crazy how the Isley Brothers had a hit in damn yes. every uh, <laughs> uh, decade, decade since yeah. the fucking fifties. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I was kind of going in inspecting between the sheets and who's that lady type of shit. But he dropped shout. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. shout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an old ass song. So um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, man. It was good to see um, what's his name from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, uh I, I, the other white brother. Yeah, I, now I, you're talking about. Yeah, it it was with the nigga with the slicked hair. Yeah, <laughs> it, it not was, Philip Bailey, the other one. Yeah, it was good to see Philip Bailey too. And I forgot, I it's it's crazy how much music they got, man. Yeah, they, he bust out the song with Phil Collins. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot he did this. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I forgot he did that. But um, it was it was good to see them. It was it was good to see um um. Shit, I'm, I'm, I'm it was Verdeen White, Verdeen White, yeah, and the other guy for the Isley Brothers playing the guitar. Uh, shit, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but, um, I forget his name too. The other Isley, yeah, um, Philip, uh, not not Philip. Um, shit, I can't think of his name, but it was good to see him rocking the guitar and all that shit. It, it, it was a good, it was a good feeling, and I, 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 I wish it was still on Apple Music because it's, it's not on Apple now, so I got to watch it on Instagram. I'm I couldn't really figure it out on Triller, but um, it was Ernie, by the way. Er- Ernie, Ernie yeah. Isley, yeah, that's right. Um, 
yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, man. It was it was good. That's and that's one of my favorite playlists right now. So yeah, I, I I thought they did pretty good. It was it was a little sketchy at first when Steve was talking out of his ass. But, yeah. But um, after a while, it, it's just good to see legendary artists like that still doing their thing. Legendary black artists still doing their thing, and um, yeah, it, it 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 was good to see all of them. So I I really enjoyed it. It was it was pretty nice overall, man. I'll admit I didn't see through the whole thing. It's pretty long. Um, they went for four hours, yeah, man. Yeah, it like, was long as shit. Yeah, I wasn't watching the whole. I was kind of in and out mm-hmm. because I can't stay on Instagram that long. Yeah, but um, it was like eleven o'clock. I'm like, man, I'm I'm about to just cut this shit off. I, I was waiting for the last song, see what they was gonna play last. But um, yeah, I was just like, damn, that shit was long as hell. <laughs> Yeah, and at first I was struggling to see how I was gonna watch it because I wasn't gonna watch it on Instagram. Man, my phone's too small. I have a fucking iPhone six, <laughs> <laughs> so my I ain't got the giant screen on my bitch. But uh, I was looking on how to see it, and there's a uh, there was a desktop like the the website for Triller was showing it. You got to sign up for Triller, but it's uh-huh. free. So and then the, the website was showing it. So that was the best feed I could get. I'll try to watch it on YouTube at first, but they were blocking out the music because it was copyright and shit. Oh, it's like, what the fuck? So there was a the website for Triller was showing it. So at least for the future ones, we know. Well, I know I can go there and watch it in good quality. Yeah. Uh, the verse itself, man, like it, it was good to see them all together performing the songs. I have to say, I didn't really like the backing track on all the songs. Um, I kind of wanted to hear where their voices were at. You know, mm. e- even if it might have been kind of scratchy and bad, I, I want to because they still sounded pretty good overall. But it was hard to tell because you could tell like the lyrics were on like they were the backing track. Like yeah. it was they basically just singing over their own songs. Yeah. No instrumentals were used at all. Mm-hmm. And that was a little kind of threw me off because sometimes they would mix up the song a little bit and not perform it the way it was recorded. But yeah. then the recorded version is in the background, so it's yeah, it was kind of clashing with each other, man. And I didn't really like that part, mm. so I, I could have gone with them just actually performing the songs, maybe having some kind of live band. I know that would have taken too much planning, probably. They weren't yeah. really there for all that, yeah. but I, I don't know. The performance part kind of threw me off, but overall, it, like you said, it was fun to see them all enjoying music and life together i would have i could have stood for some more background info on the songs i get that they're old and probably forgot half of this shit from 40 years ago (laughs) yeah but i would have enjoyed some insight into the songwriting process of how these songs were made but you know for for what it was i did enjoy it yeah, uh, were you shot that um, Ron Isley perform uh, play "Contagious" and the other R. Kelly song? I think I can't. I can't remember the other name of it. Was but he I, played both of them? Was I shot? Yeah, because Not, yeah, because last week we was talking about we was wondering if we was, he was, they was he gonna play. It. I didn't yeah. think they was gonna play it, but uh, he definitely played it. <laughs> He did. Was I shot? Not really. I'm more shocked that somebody didn't stop him. Mm. Like, I'm surprised nobody got in his ear and said, you can't play these songs. Because I knew Ron Isley. Like, he an old school dude, man. He probably been around a whole lot of scumbags in his life. Yeah. But he, he'll he acknowledge you. Like, those were hit songs for him. Yeah. So, I'm sure in his mind, he's like, I'm not going to throw out my catalog because this nigga did some shit. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm more surprised that nobody 
involved in the verses told him you can't do those songs. I'm sure they probably mentioned it. He probably like, nah, I got to do those songs. Maybe it's possible. Maybe I, I ain't gonna mention him, but I got to do those songs. And I think I think he should have did them songs because yeah. that was an important part in his career too. Mm-hmm. I, I know that was towards the end. That brought him back yeah. to the limelight, man. Yeah, Mister. I, I hate this name, Mister Big. Mister Big, yeah, Mister Big. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was an important part of uh, 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 R&B at one point. So I I, I think he absolutely should have performed that song. I'm not mad at it, man, but I, like I, I'm just more surprised that somebody didn't block it or try to try to do something. But may, maybe somebody did try to get in his ear and say, hey, don't do that. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't matter at it for the same reason we already talked about. Like, look, yeah. it, it was music that was great for its time and still is no matter what R. Kelly did. And shit's yeah. with jams, man. So yeah. and, stre- and streaming the music is not helping him at all, man. Yeah, you, uh, people people think that fucking R. Kelly owns his publishing. He admitted he couldn't even read the contracts he was yeah. signing. He's not getting a penny yeah. at this point. So yeah, it's one thing if you you know buying people albums to get help them you know keep doing scumbag shit, but it's not helping him at all, man. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, uh, overall, the verses was cool. Pretty much what I expected it to be. Corny Steve Harvey jokes and all. <laughs> um, next up, I believe, is going to be SWV and Escape, mm. I think. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know if you give a shit. I really don't. Uh, I, yeah. I'm going to just check it out just for the podcast sake. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it, but maybe that's something I could watch with the wife or something. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that's going to be one of the ones that people on Twitter hype up. Oh, 100%. Like, oh, man, you wasn't outside when Escape dropped this in 96. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was a huge moment. Like, oh, I was alive. SWV, yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to play the, the four songs that everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weak, Rain. Yes. The, uh, the Human Nature sample and probably something else. Then they going to go play some recent songs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah people gonna hype yeah. that up like it's gonna be crazy but I'm, I'm not too interested but good for them for getting the bag regardless yeah it's good to like I said it's just good to see everybody in one place but I wonder if Tiny gonna be there that's the big question I don't think she is I don't think she can man yeah. <laughs> that's speaking of speaking of Tiny and <laughs> and accusations uh, we gotta do a little update on the Deshaun Watson shit man we we got to revisit this finally, and I know uh, we we have been kind of avoiding it just because there, there was not a whole lot of new stuff. Yeah, going on. What are you what are you playing? You okay? Oh, no. I was gonna play the investigation music. <laughs> yes, we gotta we gotta revisit the Deshaun Watson shit because there's been some new events, some new some new things. I guess the press conference is the main thing. We have now two women who have come out publicly. One actually showed up on the press conference and explained her encounter with Deshaun Watson. Uh, this press conference was held by Tony Busby, a, the the person who was filing these lawsuits on behalf of these women who claimed they were sexually abused by Deshaun Watson. Uh, later this week, we also had Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, come out and have his own press conference. Um, they had some kind of court meeting. I don't know the legal court terms, man. It but was I just, a hearing. Yes. It was a hearing, yeah. Where basically Rusty Harden uh, had the contention that we, well, 
asked the judge for permission to find out the identity of at least one of the women who was filing a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson. She agreed. So that will be released at some point to Rusty Harden. And well, I, I feel like we'll probably find out who that was too, because yeah. knowing how he wants it, that they both want to have this fight in public. Mm-hmm. So these names are going to get leaked somehow. I'm sure. Yeah. So he's also apparently trying to get the other 12 uh, accusers named as well. Um, and also I think that's really about it. Yeah. So, um, uh, oh, the other thing, he lost a uh, bunch of endorsements. Oh, yes, Ni- that's Ni- right. Nike suspended him, Nike, Beats by Dre. Yes, Nike suspended him. Beats by Dre is the only company that I think actually dropped him. Yeah, he was under contract with them. They dropped him. Yes. Um, some other companies, Reliant, uh, which Reliant, is part that, of the Houston Texans. Yes. They never renewed the contract with him. And H- Same thing with H-E-B. Exactly. He, so, so they pretty much came out and said, hey, we're not working with him anymore. And I think uh, I, I threw this out there. I think they didn't have a contract with him from the beginning because of the trade request, mm-hmm. because they probably figured it, it was no point of putting him under contract. Exactly. And he probably wasn't even going to sign anything anyway because he wanted out. So I think that's the reason why he um, wasn't technically under contract. But I think they had to jump out there and say, hey, you know, we're not working with him again. And that actually is a good point because I want to bring that up too. Sometimes I feel like companies just, they, they want to take advantage to make themselves seem more honorable than what they are by announcing these things. Even though, like you said, once Deshaun Watson decided he was not going to play in Houston no more, HEB and Reliant weren't going to sign him for anything anyway. Yeah, nor would he sign there. Exactly. He wasn't about to sign a deal to make commercials and he wanted out. It was already over. So by them, and to be fair, they didn't come out and say because of these allegations. They kind of said they were aware of them, and they said we have no plans to work with Deshaun Watson in the future, which is true, but it was for different reasons. You wasn't going to work with them anyway. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I kind of had a problem with that. I didn't like these companies kind of trying to take the high road of saying, you know, hey, we stand with women and we're not signing to Sean Watson. When it was already a done deal, you weren't going to work with him anyway. You think it's pandering? It it really is, man. It kind of came off like that, at least. Maybe it wasn't their intention, but it kind of came off like them trying to use a PR spin to make themselves look a little better by Mm -hmm. saying we're not going to work with him when you weren't anyway. Yeah. It's, it's one thing if he was under if he was under your wing and it's like, hey, to protect yes. my brand, I need to say something or, you know, make a move. But if he wasn't under contract, like you good <laughs> that, to me, that's like a former play. Uh, if a, a player of a former team come out and say, hey, I, I know he played with us before a couple years ago, but. Um, we decided to move on from we don't condone what he did type of thing. It's like, if he's not on your team, why why do it even matter? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, man. And uh, the, 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 the press conferences were the main things this past week. Um, Tony Busby, and I'm sure if you listen to Sports Radio 610, you have heard these press conferences at least 15 times now and in its entirety. <laughs> they, they've been played a whole lot. Uh, Tony Busby was focused around the fact that these two women came out They're They're saying what happened. He's alleging a pattern of, of abuse that Deshaun Watson was engaged in. Uh, Rusty Harden came out. 
uh, with women who he says spent two weeks with Deshaun Watson. And they, they're claiming now that he is not capable of the things that he is alleged to have done. He's updated us on what Deshaun Watson has been doing. He's been taking it very hard, apparently. Uh, and they're alleging that, you know, we got to find out these identities so we can, because it's not just fair for us to throw Deshaun Watson under the bus and, and they, keep, yes, keep them anonymous. Yeah. So where, where do you stand? I know you talk about this a whole lot on the radio, but we ain't get the real shit. You ain't get, <laughs> you, you can't say certain things on the radio, but you can say it here, man. So we're after hearing both sides, after hearing what the uh, Tony Busby has said and the alleged victims and also R- Rusty Harden and his team, what are your thoughts so far? Did he do it or not, Vicky? Is he guilty <laughs> or not guilty? He did that. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say um, after listening to Rusty Harden, I do think Deshaun was probably out there being really irresponsible just doing whatever he wanted to do, careless, and is catching up to him. I'm not saying he did any – I'm not saying he did what he did, but clearly it was some type of uh, uh, relationship stuff going on or uh, sexual stuff going on mm-hmm. where, like, a, a, a lot a lot of the times when Rusty was talking, he, he used the word consent a lot. Mm-hmm. So, meaning – Deshaun was knocking these girls off mm-hmm. pretty much. But um as as far as the whole situation, man, I'm 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 standing with the victims no what no matter what. If you feel uncomfortable or feel some type of way, I I I I'm with you. But I'm like I'm kind of worried for Deshaun at this point, man, because this is this got to be rough mentally on somebody. For for him being the the uh, the most lovable guy at one point, and now you the most hated, and your career is in jeopardy, and all of that shit is just go, damn you watching that shit going down the toilet. I wonder what his mind, where his mind is mentally, because some people can't take shit like that. Some people might want to end it all at some point. So I I can't lie. I'm I'm a little worried from that point, and. We still don't know what happened or if it's true or not, but it's it's just an overall bad situation, man. And I never would have thought this would have happened to this quarterback. And um, yeah, man, I just I just think it's very unfortunate. I still don't want to pick a side or anything, but I'm not sitting here saying Deshaun is totally innocent, and uh, all of these women are lying, and he didn't do anything wrong. He clearly did something he probably shouldn't have been doing as a a a, a, a high price athlete like that. But um, it's a situation you never want to be a part of, no matter who who you are. So I I feel I, I really feel bad for all parties. But um, as far as his career, it's 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 really looking rough, man. I I thought he'd be on the field by the beginning of the year. I'm not quite sure, man. And it's it's looking real bad for the Texans because it looked like they might not get shit for him. It, it looked like they might have to just cut bait with him, depending on depending on what what goes on. So it, it's it's not looking good at all. And people still be using the conspiracy of oh the Texans leaked this and all yeah. this. Other. 
it don't make any sense from a Texans point of view. Tony Busby basically implied that the Texans helped get Deshaun Watson girls. Well, not necessarily girls, but he was borrowing the team's equipment, which yeah. implies that they might have known something about this. So, yeah, if, why, why the fuck would they destroy themselves yeah. <laughs> in the process of trying to destroy Deshaun? Yeah, it, it, it just don't make it, it don't make sense. I don't think any team want anything like this. Like even if he wanted out, even if, with him requesting the trade, you still don't do shit like that yeah. because you're you're not gonna get full value at all at this point, and all this shit is coming back on them. So now people probably looking at them like, damn, did y'all know about this? And y'all was helping them do this type of behavior. So it it just don't make no sense and. Right now, it's looking like they might have to just cut, do a Michael Vick, and just have to let him go. I know, I know that's a different situation, but yeah. but um, I don't, I don't know if they can afford to let this play out. <laughs> I, I don't know how long this gonna play, uh, this gonna take. But when you got sponsors to look after and you want to keep your clean image, you can't afford to keep somebody like this on the roster <laughs> for a long time and just let it play out while. All, all this mud slinging is going on between the two lawyers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. To, to whether he'll be cut or released, um, I was actually talking to Mike about this. Mike Meltzer, the lawyer, the, the <laughs> pro, pro. It's funny because he left radio to go into law, basically, and now the worlds are colliding again. Yeah. So now he's on every sports station as the lawyer. Instead yeah. of just the sports host now. So. We had him on this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's a good dude, though. But I talked to him about that because I was I was curious. I'm like, okay, there's no way, like you said, the Texans can keep on with this. You know, he either has to get traded, which he can't now, because no team wants to take him not knowing if he's going to jail or not. Yeah. But he also, can they release him? Because, you know, you would, knowing how the Texans are as an organization, they don't really tolerate shit like this at all. And they've said as much in their recent communication. But they, they can't cut Deshaun because they they will be too much over the cap if they did. There's there's numbers reasons why they can't cut him. And basically, he would have to get suspended first. And something, his contract guarantees would have to be null and void at that point. And then they could do it. It would still hurt in the cap run, but it, they, they could make it work, I think, if he actually got suspended. The NFL had to do something first, and I think yeah. they will yeah. now that names are getting leaked or, or names are being released, women are coming forward. I think they're going to act sooner rather than later at this point. Yeah. But but to your point, to your general points, yeah, I, I feel bad for everybody right now, man. If Deshaun Watson believes in his mind that all these events were consensual then I do feel bad for him and the fact that his career is facing ruin at this point um that that he who knows if he can play football again this season is looking not likely right now so uh I feel if he believes in his mind it, it, it like we'll never know for sure we weren't there but if he believes in his mind that this was all consensual and he's fucked now because of it. Yeah, I can sympathize somewhat, but I also really sympathize for the victims, man. Especially the first one who came out, Ashley Solis. 
Uh, she got hell on social media, man. Because mm-hmm. I definitely, number one, if you watch the live stream press conference, they had comments. For some reason, You comments yeah. were enabled on this shit. Yeah. And there was a whole lot of people calling her ugly, saying there's no way Deshaun could have smashed that. She don't even look good. Mm-hmm. Why is she lying? Why is she capping? She trying to destroy a black man. She's a bitch. All, all this nasty stuff, man. Yeah. Then you go to her, her Instagram page, which is still public brave of her to do that yeah comments are still enabled and you have motherfuckers sending death threats people saying she's lying why is she trying to take this man down people calling her ugly people saying she don't even know how to massage like really tearing her down man so as much as i want to play the both sides game as much as i want to give deshaun because i you know we all love deshaun in houston man we don't want to believe this is true but also i'm like what person would endure this for 50k or even 100k yeah like what what, how would that be worth putting yourself out there to all this abuse putting your face to where anybody who sees you in houston gonna cuss you out and say why are you trying to take our quarterback away from us why are you trying to destroy this black like what what who would take 50k for that man who would take 100k for that yeah i wouldn't her life is I don't want to say her life is over, but her life is totally different now. It won't. Yes. Her life won't be the same just because of this. So is is that worth the money? Is is, is that worth any money to you know get paid, but still be hassled like this and this going over your head for the rest of your life? Be literally run out of town, man. She yeah. would have to start a new life somewhere else and hope nobody recognize her. Mm-hmm. And is it worth giving up, you know, every your family and friends and everybody you know here for 100K, man? 100K could be gone by the end of the year. Yeah. Like that's not a whole, whole lot of money, man. That's not life-changing money. Yeah, it's not life-changing money. You can win that shit at a contest, dog. <laughs> Call in the right time at a radio show. Yeah. You might win 100 k I'm not saying 100 k ain't nothing. But, like, so part of me has to wonder, like, okay, there's no way this woman is just doing it just for the money. Some of them, at least. Maybe not all of them, but yeah. some of them definitely, I feel like in their mind, some lines were definitely crossed. And the abuse did happen. So to what level, we'll never know for sure. Because right now, like uh, Rusty Harden said, he's calling it consensual. And now that's ultimately, unless there's hidden camera footage, we're never going to know for sure. It's going to be his word against theirs. Yeah, And and it's like that with every case like this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's it's completely possible that in his mind it went one way and in their mind it went another way. So it's just a shitty situation for everybody. Uh, I feel for both, for definitely the victims who were involved, who came forward and put their names on it. And basically their lives are over now. Um, and also Deshaun, if he believes nothing happened, like his life might be over at this point. So mm-hmm. it's tough, man. It's tough. And I know we're in the quick take, draw, choose a side and stay there era. But it's tough here, man. Like yeah, You can't choose a side that yeah. easy like this, man. It, it, it's very nuanced and very complex. And a, a lot of things are like to consider in... Uh, who's right or who's wrong, and it ultimately will come down to he said, she said. Mm-hmm. So I understand fully people who are saying, nah, fuck Deshaun. These women can't all be lying. Like, I get that. You know, uh, there, there are people who are survivors of abuse 
who hear these testimonies and are like, okay, that's real because they, yeah. they have experiences like that. Mm-hmm. I respect that, man. Yeah, I'm not mad at people if they say something like that. I'm not yeah. saying, oh, you need to chill out. But uh, there's some people on there wilding like, hey, I'm still riding with the yes. Sean. It's like yeah, That's a little too far, buddy. I don't give a fuck what happens. I'm still riding with Deshaun. Like, are, are you his brother? Like, are yeah. you related? Do yeah. you know him in real life or do you just know him on TV? Yeah. Because we don't know Deshaun, man. I want to believe in my heart he's a good guy, but I don't know. I never met him, man. So yeah. I'm not going to vouch for this nigga's character yeah. based off of what I see in press you conferences. You don't know what he do behind closed doors. Yes. You don't know if he, he might be an asshole for real. <laughs> like, we don't know that. We just see the Deshaun the, the when the camera's on. Exactly. But I did notice you guys have canceled him. You you took him yeah. off the in the loop I intro. Had, I was I, I look I was trying to let it play out a little bit, man. But once the sponsors start pulling, and then I got a couple messages saying, "Hey, man, I, <laughs> like the, the, that intro kind of made my stomach turn just hearing his voice." Oh, I got man. I got a couple, man. What so, what about the picture though, man? You got a picture with Deshaun Watson doing a slime season. I, I do. That picture looks real suspect oh, right now. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even repost that on the anniversary right now, man. I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't even post it. Oh, it, don't, we, it don't hit the same, man. I got the Sean shirt. You can't really wear it. We're going to have to blur man. his name out, too, man. We got to say <laughs> well, the Texans quarterback from 2017 to 2020. Yeah, you, you know who. <laughs> You uh, can't say who. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Mr. Uh, uh, Four. We got to call him Four now, man. We can't use his real name. Shit. Quarterback number, remember like NCAA football, <laughs> quarterback number four yeah. <laughs> from 2017 to 2020. Yeah. We can't say his name no Can more. Can somebody even use his number? I don't know, man. Four can't, we can't cancel numbers now. <laughs> four can't get canceled too. Man, shit, in 2021, <laughs> man, they blurring out the damn names. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> we can't cancel four, man. <laughs> but yes, we. I, it's, it's looking rough. And like, like we said, hopefully this is some kind of crazy misunderstanding, but it's not looking good at all. Um, we'll, 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 we'll have, as things develop, we're going to bring our friends of the show back on. Yeah. I want to know what Smith thinks about all this, man. We might have yeah. to talk to him pretty soon because yeah. I, I know there have been some athletes who are defending the fact that he has so many massage therapists because for us, that's really weird. But for certain athletes, I know Wade Smith said it, I know Clint Sterner said it. They're, they're saying that's normal for an athlete to have a whole lot of massages. Maybe not with so many women, yeah. but it's normal to have as many massages as he was getting. And due to the pandemic, maybe he needed different ones. I don't know, but we do need we do need to get some uh, some pro athlete uh, insight at some point. So we'll we'll definitely have one of our friends of the show when things develop a little bit more and when things uh, come to some kind of conclusion, probably. Mm-hmm. But anyway, other things to talk about, man. A whole lot of shit went down this week, dog. Um, so we got to talk about Paul Pierce. <laughs> What's going on with Paul Pierce, man? I don't know. He looked like he living life, man. <laughs> it looked like a hell of a night on Instagram live. <laughs> so for people who did, who weren't aware, <laughs> Paul Pierce, of course, the uh, Celtics legend who was from Inglewood, but he can't, he gets no love there <laughs> because he, no he played for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Paul Pierce went on IG live last week and he was surrounded with strippers. 
Now there was no actual nudity to to what I saw. It wasn't like X rated. Yeah, it was more like very strong PG thirteen yeah. rated. He he would have got banned off a of, uh, or yeah. suspended. They would they would have did the boozy to him. Yeah, but there was some uh, scantily clad strippers shaking ass in the background. He was, he was smoking, smoking a, blunt. a blunt, and he was high out of his mind, drunk <laughs> out of his mind, just having a general good time. And and for a, a few days, it was like a non-story. Everybody was like, oh, look at Paul Pierce wilding out for some reason. It wasn't really a big story until ESPN apparently fired him for this IG Live and his content. Of course, ESPN is owned by Disney. Disney don't play around with that type of shit. When you sign a Disney contract, you better be Mickey Mouse image. Yeah, they they ain't. <laughs> you can't you can't do a lot of shit, man. Yes, it's a lot of shit you can't do. Um, they don't let you go on other platforms like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I knew some people that used to work for Radio Disney at the time, and they couldn't show tattoos. They couldn't have piercings. Yeah. It, it, they they are pretty strict. No, nah, and the crazy thing is they own so much. ABC, ESPN, mm-hmm. like these are TV shows. And TV if you shows, work for them, yeah. I'm sure you sign a contract to where like you can't do nothing. You can't be seen in a strip club. Mm-hmm. You can't be seen smoking anything. Even if it's legal, you can't be seen smoking a blunt. Yeah. So, yeah, Paul Pierce got fired and people are upset. Uh, he, did, he seemed unbothered in his response on Twitter. He said big things are coming soon. So stay tuned. Uh, so what do you think happened here, Figgy? Do you think this was some kind of master plan by Paul Pierce to free himself from the shackles of Mickey Mouse and the Disney company? I think so, man. Well, as soon as I seen um, him on Instagram Live, and it, it pretty much went viral. I, and I only found out because of... Um, uh, what's her name? Rachel, Rachel, Nich- Rachel Nichols yeah. was trending. And I'm like, damn, what happened with her? And it was all from a damn comment from the Instagram live. But I think I haven't seen Paul Pierce on uh, none of the NBA shows in a minute. Yeah. So I was I, my conspiracy is I felt like he did this on purpose to get out of a contract or or to get fired on purpose because he got something else lined up. I, I think this was the only way he can get out of it. I don't think he could just leave. And if you look at the history of ESPN, they, they. I don't want to say they bad boy with it, but they keep people on the shelf. Yep. Look at Michael Smith. Once they um, quit that show with Jamel, Jamel got fired, and um, Michael Smith pretty much went under the radar for a minute. Mm-hmm. And and um, I remember Jamel Hills. She mentioned him saying, "Oh, he's doing pretty good. He, you know, he going through a little situation, so he got something coming soon." Type of thing. So I don't know if he had to just wait the contract out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how that stuff go, but I think this was his way of getting out because he's a he's an NBA player. He been through all of this stuff. He know what to do in the media, what not to do. He never did anything like this before. So I think the perfect way to get ESPN to, to, um, to act quickly is to you know show, go on Instagram live with some strippers and smoking a blunt. <laughs> And, you know, talking shit. So I think this was his way of getting out. And I think he got something else set up. I think you're probably right, man. And and we, of course, know. I I know Charles Barkley makes a joke about it all the time. How ESPN wants you to do 50 different things for them for the same amount of money. 
gotta be on ESPN 8 ESPN Deportes ES, like you see how they got Stephen A running around yep. doing every single show he doing all that and making like what 3 million a yes, year yes he yeah. doing he got his show on ESPN plus they bring him out for boxing matches they bring him out for UFC matches they bring him out for fucking women's basketball probably like they bring him out for Oscars man nigga he was on ES on ABC when they aired the Oscars yeah. and he had to give Oscar commentary and he said he had to watch like five movies in a day <laughs> to get ready for that shit. That's crazy. I like, man. So yeah, they, they, they be running you ragged if you get some big money. And I'm sure that maybe they wanted him to do more. Maybe he just wasn't with it. You know, athletes, athletes really ain't. It is one thing we, we know, of course, having athletes work with us as well. Some athletes just ain't built for this everyday media shit, dog. Yeah. I, th- I think um, somebody like a Paul Pierce want to do his own thing. Yeah, and I think he can do his own thing. I think he, I thought he was okay with what he was doing with the NBA countdown and all that shit. He wasn't bad, but I think I think he could take that and do his own thing and put his own twist on it instead of being this button up analyst. Yeah, because a lot of these people ain't they ain't go to school to be analysts. These guys came straight out of high school, mm-hmm. went to college for a year or two, maybe or maybe stayed the whole time and didn't really take up anything and went to the NBA for 14, 15 years. So a lot of these guys don't really be the, you know, broadcasters type. They just kind of talking from experience. And um, I think somebody like him, he could just, he could start his own podcast. I know I hate when random athletes just start a podcast mm-hmm. because it's, to me it's a cheat code and we grind it from the bottom trying mm-hmm. to get noticed but um i think he I, I think he could do his own thing man i i, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, fs1 pick him up and give him a, a, a nice little bag or bar stools sports or something give him his own platform because you see a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of former athletes that don't work for ESPN yeah. that's doing their own thing you got people like Gilbert Arenas who got his own shit going on and I, I could see Paul Pierce in that um, in that group doing that yeah and I think that's probably what's happening maybe Barstool I could see that in the future especially considering how he got fired like I'm sure you know how they love controversy and this shit over here so mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if this was some kind of plan maybe it was planted like hey just go yeah. on Instagram with some hoes whenever, get fired whenever somebody get fired from ESPN other media outlets love that shit oh of course because they get all the juicy info and it's nothing better than seeing somebody shit on ESPN and see yep. what's really going on and I gotta say, man, and Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce was okay as an analyst, but I definitely feel like ESPN has had the weakest pre and post game NBA content, man. The NBA countdown shit. Jalen Rose is okay. I don't know if he's still on there. Rachel Nichols annoys me, but whatever. She's she. You have to have somebody like her there. But Tracy McGrady at one point, remember that yeah, shit? Yeah. Tracy McGrady, like who thought Tracy McGrady was gonna be a good analyst or entertaining at all to listen to? And I yeah. like Tracy McGrady. I enjoyed yeah. his career. Great Rocket. Well, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get out the first round, but besides <laughs> that. 13 points in 31 seconds. So there was that. Yeah. But uh, like there are certain people it's like Kendrick Perkins annoys the fuck out of me, man. Like yeah. he's funny at sometimes, but his, his he, something about him just annoys me. His dick riding a LeBron annoys me too. Like certain things he does just annoy him. Like they, they can never repl- replicate that Charles Barkley Shaq 
Kenny the Jet Smith they, and EJ. They can't do it, man. They, They've they, been trying that's hard. The, that's the best show, man. That I, I I would listen to that show just for the hell of it too. Like not <laughs> even watch the game. They're just super entertaining, and I don't care what company it is. They cannot touch that that inside the NBA. One a very underrated uh, NBA analysis show. I don't know if people really remember this NBA TV. They had Gary Payton. Uh, uh, C. Webb, and they had uh, what's his name, Ahmad Rashad. Mm. That was one of the funniest NBA shows I've ever seen. Man, Gary Payton mm. was hilarious. <laughs> like him and C. Webb, really. C. Webb is a terrible co- uh, commentator. commentator. Yes, yeah. he's awful, but he's actually a pretty decent analyst. And him and Gary Payton had the funniest dog. <laughs> it was like a barbershop, man. Damn. It was hilarious. That that only lasted like a couple seasons and they broke it up for whatever reason. But that was a very underrated lineup. I know we way off topic, but had to bring that up real quick. Yeah. Uh so let, let's go ahead and read some more shit, man. Uh, actually, fuck it. Let's take a little break and, and get into some what a bro knows. Okay. okay. I, I feel like talking about. <laughs> Something that I know we both saw. Yeah. That we have to react to. <laughs> now, what a bro knows, we are going to talk about a viral tweet <laughs> that sent shockwaves through the black Twitter sphere. Um, I know you've seen it too. It is a very attractive woman with, I guess, what you would call an attractive guy. He's a He has a beard, so I'm yeah. sure women will love him. <laughs> uh, he is dressed up in a suit with a woman who was dressed in a very fancy yet sexy dress. She looks Latina in, in nature. Um, and, and the post says normalize friendship dates <laughs> and it's pictures of him and this girl posing. Some of it is goofy. One of it is him holding her a little bit. One is her doing a little chokehold noogie with him. Yeah. One is them doing a Charlie's Angels guns back to back with their <laughs> fingers. And one is them at dinner, her eating a plate and his plate is also visible. So this sent shockwaves because now this ended up a man versus woman debate as these usually go with men being like, what the fuck is a friendship date? <laughs> like, what, what does this mean? Uh, no way my wife would go out on a friendship date with another man dressed up like this. And women saw this and said, that's insecure. Nothing wrong with platonic friends going out to a dinner and being goofy a little bit. They didn't understand what the big deal was. They thought it was men being secure by trying to, so, by, by trying to control their woman <laughs> and, and dictate what they can and can't do, which is misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Now, Figgy, you are married. Yeah. Would you let your wife? No. <laughs> no. Now, clarify that. Clarify that. I what? Would, I would not let my wife do a uh, a friendship date and all uh, like these pictures they got going on. This look like a real date. They look like a real couple. <laughs> nah. I, to me, I think it's it's a bunch of red flags about this man because you. Yeah, they look cool. They look like they're having fun. But we all know, we all worked in the workplace where you work with somebody for so long, they start looking a little attractive and you start getting a little feelings. This can, this can happen. This could definitely happen. And um, with that question, I, 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 I tweeted this. I said, ladies, are, would you let your man have a best friend like this? 
and uh, 100% of them said no hell no <laughs> like nah this 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 ain't gonna fly but the other thing is I see a lot of people was clowning them like oh you got friend zone oh like oh this crazy but a dude like this this the sneaky dude that could get the pussy mm-hmm. like one night they they wrestling too much <laughs> and she uh, he, she got him in a headlock and the DDT and all this mm-hmm. other shit they, they get a little too comfortable man yep. you, you don't want a guy like this around your woman and and he honestly looking at the pictures I, I know he has some tweets going around but he could probably get the pussy if he really wanted to and yeah like uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of women that put dudes in the friend zone but they don't be this friendly like that they say hey nah we cool we could just go out to eat but they not wrestling they not taking pictures and all this other stuff nah I, I, I'm, I'm not rolling with that man now and, and to clarify too in the pictures it, it appears that she has some kind of ring on which speculates people people are speculating whether she might be married or not and whether her husband's okay with this but let's clarify that Let, let's let's specify real quick because you said no you're not cool with your wife going on a friendship date to what level would you not be comfortable with it let's say she knew a friend from high school and they've been talking for a while he's back in town whatever or they just want to go out for a night is that okay yeah that's cool i'm not against um my wife going out to eat with somebody that you know an old friend and meet up type of thing but this is like the pictures and so the pic is it the pictures or the dress part that's going too far i think it's i think it's a little both man because if you look at it's a date it's a date. We had this conversation about dates. Yeah. <laughs> like, this look like a date. <laughs> so, I, to me, I think that kind of crossed the line, especially with me being married. I think that, to me, I, I can't do that, man. If, you know, I, my wife is good with me meeting up with an old friend that, you know, to go get some food and stuff like that. I can't get dressed up in a tuxedo and we go and go into this expensive restaurant and, you know, taking these type of pictures i i can't no nah, it's, it's a line you can't cross that line man and if, if i'm guess I'm, I'm not sure what they do all the time but if they hang out all the time like this man you you can fall in love man they, they can fall for each other you you'll be thinking everything cool and she'd be packed up saying hey you know i'm leaving you for him so i think this is a situation this could be a situation like that if you if if they're hanging out like that all the time and i'm reading the, the the twitter thread now he tried to clarify this shit he said let me clarify well first his first reply was the lack of respect you guys have for women is very telling in these comments fellas um he also said a lot of you guys are saying this is an l like bro are you are y'all not single by choice <laughs> then he said let me clarify no she's not married and fellas, while y'all thinking y'all landing these jokes, you're showing women on your timeline that you don't know how to act around an attractive woman. You carry yourself different when you know you got it and sex isn't always the answer. That's not true, man. That's not true. It's a lot of dudes that have female friends, attractive free female friends that they're not trying to, to, to smash. Wait, a lot? Really? I, I think it's a lot to do. It's a lot to do. I, I got a lot of female friends. I know I'm married, but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of it's a lot of dudes that got them female friends that's kind of off limits. 
that they kind of look at as a, a you know a sister. If they if they're really friends, they they're not trying to smash like that. Is that really true, I, though, I, man? I, I think so. I like, think, if the opportunity I, I the, arose, they I think, wouldn't. I th- no, I'm not saying that, but I think it's a misconception that guys can't be friends with beautiful women. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't think it's true. You, you don't think that's true? I, I don't think. Well, to clarify, I don't think a man can be platonic only friends with a beautiful woman by choice. No, if no, if he if he's interested in that girl, that's different. If he's interested in trying to be with this girl, it's, it's a lot of beautiful women out here. You're not trying to get with every single beautiful woman, right? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, no, I mean, <laughs> it might be it might be some women that you like. Oh, she look good, but nah, she. She kind of bougie with it or nah. Figgy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to date him, maybe. Maybe I wouldn't want (laughs) to live with him, definitely. I would definitely want to smash once. Uh, Really? It's some people I I look at like, oh, she cute and all this other stuff, but nah, nah, I could get somebody else. If I'm not really interested in that person like that, I I might think somebody cute. So, for instance, if I if I was single mm-hmm. and I was looking at Jasmine, mm-hmm. J- Jasmine, shout out to Jasmine. Yeah, I might think she's cute, but maybe I, I don't want to mess with her that way. Maybe she she's not my type like that. But she she's cute. We could be friends. But I just so know. if she came if she came on to you, and this is all theoretical, yeah. of course. We love Jasmine as a sister, but let's say you weren't married. Number one, number two, she just came. She she was a little that, tipsy. Put it on you pretty heavy. That, that that's that's a little different. What? But that, that, that's but if she if she want me in the friend zone, that's no that's no problem with me. So basically, what you're saying is it's up to the woman. It's not up to the man. Because uh, if she offered no, it, you I'm wouldn't not, turn I'm it not, down. I'm not saying guys won't smash anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I think it's a misperception where people think guys can't be friends at all with a beautiful woman. Yeah, we can be. Reluctant so, so friends. Listen, listen, so, listen, so you, you you're friends with Jasmine, right? Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just playing. She, she, she won't hear this if you pissed, man. <laughs> Keep going. You're friends with Jasmine, and um, she's not interested in you in mm-hmm. that way. You can still be friends with her, right? I, I feel like she's beautiful. You can still be friends. You, yeah, can still no. have, you can still have that friendship. We can be, but, but I'm not saying you wouldn't ever smash her. Then that means you're not friends. Like that but means you, you, you're just waiting for <laughs> opportunity no, to present you, itself. You're still friends. Dudes will smash anything. That means you. That, that, that's still your friend, though. That that's like basically you're you're a willing hostage. Where you're okay with being... See, here's the thing. Men want to be around beautiful women. Like, we just do. Even if we're not smashing, we want to have them around. We want to be seen with them. It makes us feel good when we're walking around with a beautiful woman. So yeah. we will take any relationship with a beautiful woman, but we would very much prefer to be sexual. And if it's not, and if the, if the choice is either sexual or nothing... Then, then or, or sexual or friendship. Well, if it's nothing, friendship or nothing, we will take the friendship over nothing. But if it could be sexual or friendship, we'll take sexual every time. No, no, no. let me be clear. A guy will have sex with anything. 
They, they would have sex with any woman. No, 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 that's not true. No, but you were just saying that. Not you every, saying, not but, not every woman. We're talking about beautiful women. Yeah, but you can. I, I feel like you can still be friends with a beautiful woman in that way, where you won't have sex. You you can still be friends if if she don't want any parts of you. You still. You can still be friends like that. You can, but I, I'm just saying that's a fake ass friendship, Figgy. <laughs> <laughs> that's just but, but, I want to no, be around just, you, friendship. I just, I just disagree with that because I got a lot. I had a lot of beautiful women that were that were my real friends that I never tried anything with. I'm not saying if they tried to try something with me that I would turn it down. Like, no, nah, we're friends. Mm-hmm. But I can have a friendship without doing anything. It's it's not it's not a thing where. Hey, I gotta try to have sex with this person. If she if she don't, if, if I gotta shoot my shot. If she don't want it, then I'm uh, I I just settle for being friends. I can actually I can actually be. I think it's a lot of dudes that can really be friends with, without the trying to shoot my shot first. I, I get. I understand what you're saying. I, I I understand that. Yes, you can technically be friends with anybody. You can be friends with a beautiful woman. You can be friends with an ugly person. Like you can be friends. Like as long as y'all got common interests and y'all like each other's personality, laugh at each other's jokes. Yeah, you can be friends. But my point is like there, there, If a woman, if I was cool with a woman I wasn't sexually attracted with, that's a real friendship. You know, if we just hang out and cool, but even if she pressed me, I might be like, nah, let's not ruin it. I would never say that to a beautiful woman, no matter how good friends we are. Like if it could be taken to a point where it might ruin our friendship, if it got sexual, but I had a chance to make it sexual, I would take the so, sex and ruin so, the friendship. So have you, so, so have you ever had a, um, a, a, a friend that wasn't your type, but was still beautiful? In some way. See, what does that mean, Figgy? I don't understand that. Wasn't your type, but still beautiful. We all love beautiful women. Yeah, but. How is it not your type, but still beautiful? Maybe. Maybe a skinny ass white girl, but even no, then, like, I would knock it I, down. I, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't believe in the, uh, either beautiful or ugly. You might have somebody that's like, oh, yeah, she kind of cute. But, you know, I'm into the thicker girls. Or I'm into the skinnier girls, or I'm into taller girls, or whatever, whatever your type is. You, you, I'm sure you had a friend that was, that was cute, that you will probably refer your homeboy to, but that's not your type. No, I, I can't relate, <laughs> man. man. You lying, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Maybe, Quit capping, man. Maybe you're just more popular than I am with all these fine ass women. Either, so you either have beautiful <laughs> friends or ugly friends. That, that, you, you never had a girl, uh, uh, like a friend that. Your homeboy might have liked, and you say, "Oh yeah, she is kind of cute. Let me try to, you know, let me mm-hmm. try to get you on." She was either cute or ugly. I, I, you had an average uh, female friend before. Yeah, but we're talking. The, the conversation <laughs> is about beautiful women, though, Figgy. We're not talking about the average ones. So we're talking about being friends with a beautiful woman, like this woman by any standard. Like she's very fine. <laughs> so if you had an average friend or ugly friend, you. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, 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 I guess you only be friends with ugly women. No. You can't be friends with. See, because I, because what, because what Duke said, he said y'all being childish, y'all y'all can't be friends with a beautiful woman. Yeah. And I dis I, I disagree with that. I feel like guys can be friends with a beautiful woman. No, without I, I, taking I, it to that I agree. Level. See, we're basically saying the same thing. 
I'm just going a little further to say that it's kind of a fake friendship because let, let's say my, my homies, like my, your male friends, you would never think about taking it. Like you niggas ain't, if you ain't gay, you ain't going to even think of your male friends like that. That's a genuine friendship. It's yeah. never going to go to that kind of level because you ain't even like that. Yeah. With a woman, that's always on the table if she's beautiful. Yeah. Somewhere in your mind, no matter if you try to suppress it, no matter if you see her as a sister, that's always somewhere in the back of your mind. Like, man, she really came on to me one day. But that's still a good friendship. That's still a real. Fr- I wouldn't say that's a fake friendship. Yeah. Because you're still being a fr- other. If, to me, a fake friendship with a bent, that that means you. If you know you can't get her, you out. <laughs> so you're not even sticking around if you. But if, if you can't. If you know you can't get it at all, if, if you know it's a wrap and that friend zone is on for good, you it, it, you you ain't sticking around being friends. I think it's a real friends friendship if you stick around and she's beautiful and you can't get it. I don't think it's a real friendship because if you have you, you know like you can't be friends with some or with a girl and then have sex with her and expect it to be the same friendship. It's different. Let's say you and Booby, yeah. for example. You know, if you ever smash Booby, that it would change things. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be like y'all been all this time. We can't get back. Normal. Yes, it would be a change. Really, the friendship part would be very different, if not kind of gone. Yeah. But you would still probably risk that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you would, because of course you're married. Like, this yeah. Is hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But somewhere in your mind, you were like. I will risk the destruction of this friendship for this ass. Yeah, no, I, I think I think a lot of guys would do that. Yeah. But I just with him saying that, I just think it's a lot of guys that will have a, a, a beautiful friend that they don't, you know, that they won't ever smash. Now, I'm not saying that. But that's you know, not my, top, my point is that's not by choice. You know who we, we got to ask Jack Friedman because he got a lot of beautiful he women. Jack, 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 Jack be smashing <laughs> at, all of them, we, dog. We, we got to ask, do we have a beautiful <laughs> friend that he never smashed or thought about? Or not, I ain't going to say thought about because guys think about smashing anybody. But we got to ask him if he have a beautiful friend that he never smashed before that he stayed friends with. Jack just played a long game, I feel. Like, no matter what, if you on his radar, like, he going to try to get it, man. So I don't believe nothing he says. I don't believe nothing Jack Freeman says. For shouts of Jack Freeman, friend of the show. But I don't believe nothing he says, man. I believe he he out here. I, I think he got I think he got a whole bunch of friends that are super beautiful. He, he follow a lot of beautiful women. Yeah. And a lot of beautiful women. He be put me shows. on the Baja Yogi. Oh, really? She fine as hell. <laughs> and I know, I'm sure they friendly, but I'm sure if she came around, I'm sure he would knock it down. I, I agree. <laughs> I just, I think he probably have a beautiful friend that he never smashed before and probably won't ever smash. We might have to take this to the people. Yeah. We might have to take this to the people. Can you be only friends with a beautiful woman? Yes or no? We might put a poll up. We're going to put this on YouTube. This is, this is a very, very divisive subject. <laughs> and we can agree to disagree for now. But I just see, I think, thinking for the most part, we agree. Yeah. But I, I just feel like the friendship is a little shaky at best when the sex is always on the table. And it's yeah. always going to be on the table when she's a beautiful I, woman. I see what you mean. And a lot of guys can, to be honest, a lot of guys can hide that. Yeah. If I was single, and you know, let's say me and Boopy, we we're best friends. If she, if it was one night where she was like, "Oh man, let's you know do it," I won't, I ain't gonna sit here and say, "Nah, I don't want to risk the friendship or blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. I probably will. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I, 
I think you know if she you know she don't want she ain't I, I ain't her type so that's probably one reason we ain't do anything but um I just I I I think we can I think we can still be friends no matter what I think okay. yeah I think yeah I, yeah I think we can be friends no matter what I don't think it'd be a thing where I dip out because I no, can't I'm not saying you it. would dip it it would just be different yeah I think I think guys I think that always be in the back of guys minds yeah they, they, like, we we stupid at times we'll take that risk oh definitely man so yeah so I th- I think what you're saying right there is true but I think a dude can still stick around and be a friend to a beautiful woman. Okay, we'll we'll take that to the people, man. Do you, do you think? Let us know in the YouTube comments. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know what who do you right. think. Who right? Me or Ryan? <laughs> yeah, let let us know what you think, and we will talk about that maybe in the next podcast. Um, other things, man. We got to run down some shit real quick. Uh, people got mad at Diddy because Diddy. For whatever reason, Diddy, I think, just feels like he got to be in the news sometimes. He got to make some kind of statement. Remember at the Grammys? I think, yeah, it was a Grammys. He had that dinner where he was talking about y'all got to pay black creatives and give us our respect and our awards and whatnot. And it was like, okay, Diddy, whatever. Pay your people. But he uh, went on Twitter this week and he wrote a letter to corporate America. And he prefaced it with a tweet. He said, we're done letting corporations manipulate our culture into believing incremental progress is acceptable action. If you love us, pay us in all caps. And it is in this whole, I didn't read this whole bullshit. Uh, basically he's talking about general motors, exploiting the culture, all these uh, corporate American places, not paying respect to black owned media companies and blah, 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 blah. Of course, people uh, ratioed him pretty quick. That's a new word, ratio. <laughs> they ratioed him pretty quick. He got 7,312 quote tweets and a bunch of replies talking. And No Name actually fired back at him. Let me look up No Name's response because she basically said, you are uh, damn near a billionaire, but you're telling people to follow the same capitalist I don't know. She's talking about capitalist shit a lot, but uh, basically people are calling him a hypocrite because of course we all know the stories about bad boy, him not yeah. paying artists mace running up on him. Cause he wouldn't let him out the contract, uh, all this stuff happening in his past. And they're calling him a hypocrite because now you're getting mad at capitalists or corporate America for doing the same shit to you. Yeah. So what do you think about this, man? You think Diddy's just a hypocrite or do you think he he he's dropping some gems? I think I'll put it this way. I think if Master P would have tweeted this, I think people would have been all down for it because Master P was not known for um, f- fucking people out of their deals or, or fucking people deals up and all this other shit and um, not paying the artists. But I think Diddy. I would probably say Diddy is a little. Um, I, I don't want to say he need to read the room, but he was a little inconsiderate with this because it, it, it's it's always tricky with a, a, a damn near billionaire talking about stuff like this and how, you know, we need to take our stuff back. Pretty much money talk. But, um, yeah, I just think it was uh, I think it was a little silly for uh, for it to come from Diddy. 
I think anybody, the uh, only person I can see doing something like this is Master P. If it was Jay-Z, I would probably, I'll probably, honestly, I would probably roll my eyes a little bit. Like, come on, man. Like, you you corporate America. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, outside of Master P, I, I just don't see nobody else really, you know, tweeting anything like this. That That's in that same category. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't get it. Maybe he, maybe a deal with him fell through or something, so he went on a little tweeting rant. But yeah, it, it's I don't like it coming from Diddy. Yeah, and no name. Her response was she said Diddy about 150 million away from being a billionaire. Diddy is shaming white corporations for a capitalist business model that he almost completely replicated. Abolish the black capitalist industrial complex. Uh, then somebody responded. She said she don't give a fuck about going to the Rock Nation brunch. <laughs> she gonna say it how it is. So, all right, we trying to get in there though. So, yeah, so let me <laughs> shout out to Diddy. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, certain people when they complain, it just rings hollow. Yeah. Same thing with Jay Z, man. It's like uh, as much as I enjoy Jay Z's music. You know, I'm not going to buy the pro-black, you know, the, the, some, some of these people, like, they're too rich to be tweeting, like, you know, the, the everyday working man, yeah. you know, and, and to t- for him to talk about we we need to, uh, like, I, I don't like the, the feeling of people being woke because it's popular now. Yeah. Diddy been around for a long time, man. Diddy been kissing white ass for a minute. Honestly, mm-hmm. let's be real. It, it, people didn't even have a problem with Chris Dahl until the owner came out and said something. Yeah. Certain brands, they had no problem with promoting all these years until something racist came out and then suddenly they're pro-black. Mm-hmm. So it kind of rings hollow. And, and yeah, he's definitely the way he's conducted business on bad boy records in the past, all these artists not getting paid. Like, it seems like the black owned labels are doing the same shit. The white owned ones do. Yeah. So what's it's the no difference really? Yeah. It's no, di- if that was the case, um, every artist would go to the black label. Yeah. Every artist would go to bad boy. Every artist would go to rock nation. That's not the case. It's they blend in with all the other, um, white labels. And that's the same thing with Title too. You know, Title made a whole big deal about paying the artists more. But a lot of artists have come out and said that's only for like the top sellers, like the Beyonce's and the Kanye's. You know, the people who are just independent artists trying to build a following, like they ain't getting paid any kind of. It don't make no difference. Yeah, it's the same thing as being on Spotify or Apple Music. So, yeah, yeah it, it is. Some things just ring hollow. And I'm glad you brought up Master P. I'm kind of sick of Master P, dog. Because this nigga, every time something happens, he he got to run to the rescue with his fucking rescue plan. He did the same shit with Matt with uh, DMX. DMX passed away, or he, I think it was before he officially passed away. DMX run up in a TMZ camera talking about, see, this is why we need a rapper union. Mm. Like what? Yeah. Like what? What? Every time something happens, he got to run up with his plan. Almost like he's trying to get funding for stuff. Oh, Aunt Jemima got canceled. This is why you got to buy my pancake batter instead. Like, shut up, Master P, dog. Like, yeah. I, I'm sick. I'm sick of Master P jumping in front of the camera, <laughs> jumping in front of Instagram every time something happened, talking about why he's the answer and why his ideas will work. Like, just yeah. give some things a time to breathe, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. It's- Rapper goes to jail. He got to jump out in the camera, say, see, this is what Kodak needs. He should have listened to me. 
Yeah. It, it's kind of a, a, a different way of pandering, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's a mini rant, a mini Master P rant. Like, uh, shout, I mean, I respect him for what he's done, but the, the whole jumping in front of the camera, talking about his plan and why he, like, Ew, this wouldn't have happened if you listened to me and, and <laughs> did a rapper union. I don't know what the fuck a rapper union would even look like, man. Come on now. Yeah, Amazon yeah. can't even unionize. How are we going to get rappers yeah, unionized? That, that's the one thing. A lot of people be having that conversation. I wouldn't even know how to start. How do? How would you start it? Because you somebody got to have the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you just put all the money in the pot? And anybody could be a rapper. Yes. So how do it only work for the people who are uh, who who are on labels? And even in, like, they have right. one... The police department can unionize because it's all the police department. Yeah. It's a local police department chapters, but every rapper on a different label. Yeah. So how would you unionize? D- different label, exactly. different level. So how do that work? It, you know, is 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 uh, I'm trying to think of a regular rapper. Is it, uh, uh, Slim Thug? Yeah, is Slim <laughs> Thug on the same level of, of the union as uh, Drake or Jay Z? Like how do <laughs> how do that go? Like. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. It's just confusing, man. Maybe it happened. I hope it do, but I just don't understand how that can happen. <laughs> it's, it's the, it was the worst of both things to me. It was number one, people saying, people basically saying that we could have saved DMX when only DMX could have saved DMX. And, mm-hmm. and two, talking about a rapper union like Master P. Master <laughs> P was on top of the world. At one point, he could have done whatever he wanted. Yeah. So it kind of rings hollow for me, but whatever. Um, other things that happened this week, we got to play this clip. We got to play the Hubert Davis <laughs> clip, man. So Hubert Davis, is, and number one, Hubert at being his name should have tipped us all off on his true nature. <laughs> but he is the new North Carolina men's basketball coach. He took over, what was it, Ray Williams? What's the Roy it? Williams. Roy Williams, that's yeah. right. Roy Williams, longtime coach. He stepped down. And uh, Hubert Davis is a new coach. He made a, a statement about being one of the few black coaches in men's basketball, period. I think he's the first in North Carolina history. And he made a very lengthy speech with a twist ending at the end. It is significant, Steve. It, it, it's significant that I'm African-American. Take and your time, brother. <laughs> okay. It's significant. Okay. Um, I know that in terms of Division I head coaches all around the country, only 26% of the head coaches for Division I men's basketball are compromised by minorities. Surprise, but keep going. So I know that <laughs> it is significant. Let's go, man. Come on, man. All right. African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. Okay. I'm very proud to be African American. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. What? The record's very proud that my three beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of both of us. Huh? Wait, we rewind that last 15 (laughs) seconds, man. Oh, all right. We got to hit it again. History of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African American. Yep. Okay. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. What? And I'm very proud that my three beautiful, unbelievable kids. My wife is white. Mo, the I'm, way he said that. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. My wife is white. And I'm very. 
<laughs> my wife is white. Yeah. Got me a white girl, y'all. <laughs> that was just funny to me, man. Yeah. Like what I, I see, I've been trying to workshop what he really meant to say. I think he meant to say, I'm proud of my wife who is white. And I'm proud that our kids are a mixture of both. I don't know. That I, that still sounds kind of weird. To, to me, he, he, I mean, we could cut the last 15 seconds off. And the, the, the speech is probably the best, yes. the number one trending thing on black Twitter. But he, I think it don't take, it, they don't mean he don't love his wife just because he, he said it. I just, I think that's something you you necessarily don't have to say. I'm not saying don't bring up your wife or anything, but it seemed like he made a point to make sure, hey, I love that my wife is white. I just yes. don't think you have to say that because it's a lot of black uh, woke people with white wives. You you got Childish Gambino. Yeah. He he, he don't he he talk all type of pro black shit. He don't go out the way and say, but my wife is white. Mm-hmm. I love white. You know, I I love that. Yeah, I think Jordan Peele, the Jordan, I think Jordan Peele got yeah, a Jordan white Peele's wife. Yeah, Jordan Peele's white wife. Yeah, he not jumping out the window like, hey, but I love that my wife is white. He didn't thank his white wife before his mama. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, I don't know, I, I don't know if he's just trying to make that clear. So I don't, I don't know what's going on in their household. If he want to make sure, hey, like, I, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all lives matter, baby. <laughs> Here's what I think he was ultimately trying to do, because it's a sad thing you see. Um, it used to be more prevalent, but, but now it's cool to be woke. So people don't do it as much, but you still see it. I feel like people, black people who rise up in traditionally white positions, they want to basically put the e put put the white minds at ease. The ones who might have racial stereotypical thoughts like we know a lot of black coaches in college sports seem to get especially in college football. You know, they they seem to get ridden the hardest, especially like Charlie Strong at Texas. They, yeah. like, they, they, he yeah. was on the hot seat yeah. after one season, man. Yeah, really after a few games, probably. <laughs> there, there are certain coaches where you just feel like, okay, if this is a white guy, they probably would have given him more of a chance. But since he's black, he, this yeah. that seat got extra hot, extra quick. Shit, look at what we call it, uh, the coach from um, Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah. Man, they want his ass out of there so bad. And they're always good, man. Yeah. They're always at least in the playoff mix. Yeah, look and- at the quarterback. I mean, they, they started off pretty good last year, but look at the quarterback they got. They yes. got this old-ass quarterback. What, I mean, ben Roethlisberger, arm about to fall off, man. Yeah. Can't move and they, around. And they want him out. I'm like, damn, bro. He had a damn good career. Better than a lot of white people. 11 wins in a row last year. <laughs> yeah. And they said, it's time to get this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> but uh, so I think a lot of black people in these positions want to make sure want to make the whites a little more comfortable. I remember Barack Obama uh, when he, he was first running for president, he, he seemed to make it a point to always make sure to mention that he's not the president of black America. He's a president of all America or he's, he's a, he's campaigning to be the president for every America, not just black or white. He would downplay the race it thing. And yeah. I understood why, like you, you trying to be the first black president. You, you can't make people like, I understood that. I think he did a little too much in his presidency, trying to be bipartisan, trying to work to like he, he I understand you can't be a militant and be the president. Yeah. But I do feel like he 
he he rode the line. He he was a little too I don't say soft, but he was too very very much you could tell he was trying to put the white people at ease with his yeah. word choice and the way he portrayed himself. Same thing with this guy, man. I think he was trying to say like, "Hey, white people, nothing yeah. to be afraid of here." I got a white family too. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I see you talked me into it. I, I can see that now because I'm, I ain't trying to get into my conspiracy bag, but uh, uh, the first black president of the United States, which is already probably corrupted uh, shit, we don't know about. Yes, he can't go in there saying awesome, 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 Yeah, he can't go in there talking yeah. all that and black power throwing the fists up. So. um yeah, it's probably a, a. I would probably say it's a safety thing too, just to you know, not alienate majority of the white people. That's exactly. probably all up in the White House anyway. Doc, you remember when they found that pastor that Obama used to go to? Yeah, that radical black dude, and he had to disavow him with the quickness. Yeah, the Republicans said, "Oh shit, he's who I thought we were." <laughs> who is this guy, Reverend yeah. Wright? What was his name? Something I, I, I forgot his name. But, but dog, yeah. they had to get Obama had to cut ties <laughs> with that man quick. Yeah, he said, "Nah, I, I, <laughs> yeah." So yeah, so I, yeah, you talked me into. It. I see why he did. I, I get. I'm sure that's the reason because I mean he is in North Carolina. Yes, and. <laughs> Yeah, I I can see that. I I can see that. I think that's what he was going for, but it was still worded really badly. You saying that you're proud your wife is white is just bad word choice, period. Yeah. But I understood probably what he was trying to do. Yeah, I wasn't, I I didn't hear the question in anything, but I just think he could have probably kept that out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he could have kept that out. I'm sure they asked, how do it feel to be the first black? coaching yes this history uh, this school's history they didn't say how it feels to have biracial yeah. kids they didn't say hey or... make sure, yeah they didn't say hey defend your wife too yeah so i think he could have just answered the question and moved on he, he could have got a lot more brownie points <laughs> no pun intended yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure but uh it, it, it is what it is uh i don't know if i'm rooting for him anymore Honestly, yeah. that, I that was so he, bad. I remember when he played in the NBA a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, I, I want to say he was a scrub, but I I, I remember his name. I, yeah. th- I think he played for the Knicks at one point. Yeah, his name is Hubert, man. So I'm surprised yeah. he <laughs> wiped up a snow bunny. But my wife is white. <laughs> my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife is white. <laughs> All right, and the last thing we'll touch on this week, man, a Space Jam Two trailer was released oh i know you excited oh man <laughs> so of course it is a a, a story I, I guess uh lebron's son who is not played by his real son is played by some other i had nigga. to double check i'm like is that his real son because yeah, it kind of nah. looks similar like his son for yeah, real that's not Bronny. that's some, some no, child actor not Bron- he got two sons I'm yeah the other the, one yeah the other the other chubby one yeah and yeah. I, I guess the underlying theme will be this kid don't want to play basketball, but LeBron wanted to play basketball because he's LeBron and wants he to have a great talent. basketball son. But yeah. I'm sure the moral of the story will be, hey, be yourself, kid. You ain't got to be a star player just because I was. Go go fucking major in arts or some <laughs> horse shit, whatever. But uh, so the kid gets in hit and LeBron gets sucked into the cartoon world. And it basically seems like the same plot as the first one. 
Don Cheadle, I guess, is the villain. Yeah, I see. Which is that. weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don Cheadle takes him away to the Looney Tunes world. And it seems like at first it's going to be like a cartoon drawn thing, but then it goes into 3D. Yeah. And uh, the whole cast of characters is there. They also got some weird cameos by um, other movie people like the Iron Giant and Game of Thrones and some weird shit. So it's like, okay. But uh, what, what were your thoughts about this? trailer man are you any more excited about space jam 2 after seeing a trailer uh nah i was a little more intrigued i wasn't excited from the beginning but i'm a little more intrigued if it if it come out on the streaming service i'll probably look at it this the streaming services are genius man mm. shout out to hbo max because a lot of shit that's on there i probably wouldn't go to the movie theater to see so um I, if it's on one of those stream streaming services i I would probably look at it, but if it's strictly in movie theaters, I probably won't see it, man. This, this it ain't really do it for me. Usually the trailer is the thing that make you want to go see it. I never got that feeling from that. Yeah, it's on, it's going to be on HBO Max. I think the same day it comes out. Okay. So, I'll I mean, watch it. I'll probably watch it at some point, but yeah, it, it, it don't. And, and here's the thing. Space Jam by no means was like a classic movie. I think it was more of a classic look back at a dope time in the NBA with yeah. some dope, like Charles Barkley's in it, Michael Jordan's in it, Patrick Ewing's in it, Muggsy Bogues. Like, it was a cool look back. And is it more nostalgic? Yes. Because a lot of people say, oh, man, because I, I never really cared for it that much. I've seen it a couple times, but I wasn't crazy for it. And um, it's, it seemed like a lot of the people our age is – like, oh, he can't do this, man. A, a lot of people that don't like the new one already are hardcore Jordan fans. I, I I watched the original Space Jam a lot. I watched it so much, I basically memorized the script at one point. Like, <laughs> I love Space Jam 1 as a kid. That being said, I'm not going to act like it was some classic movie that can't yeah. be redone. You can argue whether or not LeBron's corny for redoing it because it seems like he's trying to be the next Jordan in every facet now. He wears 23, calls himself the king, and, and now he's redoing Space Jam. That that That's all up for debate. But oh, like I'm not going to act like this is the Godfather being remade. It's <laughs> yeah. Space Jam, man. It's a goofy <laughs> cartoon movie. And Michael Jordan honestly was an awful actor in the first Space Jam, he's man. Not, he's not good in front of the he camera, man. He was terrible, dog. Yeah. Like, the movie was fine enough, but he was not a good actor in it. Uh, the the best thing about it, Bill Murray was funny at the end. Uh, that fat dude from Seinfeld was kind of funny in it, too. The Looney Tunes were funny, of course, but I don't know. It, like, I'm not going to act like this is a whole, this is an affront. <laughs> this is this is disgusting. You can't remake Space Jam. Like, fucking remake yeah. it. It ain't a classic. Yeah. I, so, um, I know we had this conversation about Lion King and the quality. Mm -hmm. Do you think this, uh, you think the other, the first one traveled well with time as far as quality, where anybody can just watch it? Because we, you know, anybody can watch Lion King yeah. any time of the day. But do you think um, is like this with Space Jam, or do you think it's it's about time for uh, you'll be cool with a remake of a newer version of Space Jam? I will say that I like the hand, and it's the same thing with Lion King. I like hand drawn animation more than the three D shit. Like Lion King looked weird to me. 
No matter what they like, the 3D lifelike lions talking always yeah. looks stupid. I can accept that if it's a cartoon, but when you try to make that look like real life, it's weird. Same thing with Looney Tunes, man. Don't make them 3D all lifelike. It looks weird. Yeah. I prefer the cartoon thing with the real guy in the cartoon world. I thought that was what they were going to do. And yeah. I thought that was going to look fire in 2021 with this new technology. You know, mm-hmm. it was going to look even more blent in. Yeah. But it didn't happen. They went the 3D route. And it looks kind of funny to me, man. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think movies like, I think the original Space Jam looks okay. Okay. Looking at it now, same thing with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. Same concept. The real guy goes into the cartoon world. That movie still looks good, man. Mm. Okay. I think they should have stuck with that, but it's 2021. The 3D thing is all the rage. Yeah. So yeah, I, and it's it's crazy because I thought I thought the Lion King, the the newer one, would look good because I, I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't in thinking about the action parts, mm-hmm. the fightings, and the all the dark parts. But I never, I forgot about the singing part. The, <laughs> oh, I just can't wait to. And when I seen that part, I'm like, oh, this look weird. <laughs> this looks strange for uh, a real life uh, lion to be singing like this. <laughs> <laughs> so if they would have left the singing out and just, if it, if they just had Lion King that was just straight up dark and you know fighting and all that stuff, I I I would have thought that looked dope, but. Yeah, the, with the singing and stuff, it just didn't look right. Yeah, yeah, when, I agree. When, when do you see a lion smiling? Exactly. <laughs> that And that was my big problem with it, man. Like, don't make this look realistic and then have to do the cartoon shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that that being said, I'll probably check out Space Jam, too, man. I got a whole lot of... I ain't seen the Snyder Cut Justice League yet. I ain't seen King Kong and Godzilla yet. I got to yeah. catch up on my streaming shit because I do have yeah. HBO Max, so I'll check yeah. it out. New yeah. Mortal Kombat coming out soon, too. Yeah, when you catch up on it, we got to talk. I ain't see um, King Kong yet, but I did see the um, Justice League. Okay. Justice League, so. We'll talk about it. I got to yeah. see that, and I got to see Black Blacked in America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, <laughs> I got to see that shit, too. I, I want to wait till that shit's finished, though. I don't like the whole wait a whole week for a 30 minute show. I'm going to wait till it's all finished, but I'll check that yeah. out too. We'll have a big mega review on one of our podcasts about all the shit we've seen lately. Yeah. Anyway, fuck it, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. Anything else we missed? I think that's about it. I think that's it, man. Once again, RIP Earl Simmons, man. Darkman X, DMX. <laughs> RIP legend will be forever remembered. Facts. Yes. Uh, thank y'all all for listening. Thank y'all all for checking out the YouTube page. Thank y'all all for following us on social media. We really appreciate it. Like we said, got a new giveaway coming soon, probably. Stay tuned for all that. Thank you, Jasmine, for everything you've done behind the scenes. We appreciate that as well, of course. Uh, Figgy, you got any shout outs you want to send out to the people? Um, shout out to my wife, man. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Figgy wife. Yeah, yeah. Love you, Christina. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. See, that that kind of is your gift, man. Nothing's worth more than a Jim and Juice shout out, okay? Right. <laughs> you want a diamond ring? Nah, this, this carry real clout in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So, yes, happy birthday, Christina. And, yeah, we'll... Until next time, man, y'all be safe. Keep your heads up. I know it's tough times. I know it's been a rough week, 
reacting to the death of DMX, but just try to keep your spirits up, man. We still early in the year. Oh, it was good enough to time to turn it around. Yeah. Astros playing again. Mm -hmm. Rockets is still ass, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they get a number one pick, hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, keep y'all head up, people. Stay, stay motivated. We gonna get through this thing, man. Y'all be blessed, be safe, and until next time. Peace. Peace.